Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This episode of Serious Issues is brought to you by dollarshaveclub.com. Stop shaving with comic books and start shaving with razors. <laughs> Do you know how Superman shaves? How? It was established in John Byrne's um, run that he bounces, like he uses his heat vision and bounces it off a mirror. Why doesn't he just give dollarshaveclub.com a call I'll say... on their website and, <laughs> and get some razors made of kryptonite? Yeah, I think, would that be the only thing? I mean, they, I st- they stock them. I'm looking at the website right now. They stock them. Anyway, more on our sponsors later in the episode. Welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And every week we review all of last week's comic books, let you know which were the good ones, which were the bad ones, and uh, which ones you should definitely pick up ASAP. Mm, did, I, did I misspell ASAP? <laughs> Um, I've got to thank two people before we continue the episode. And this week, our two patrons of the week are Connor Stevens Yay. and Michael Hudson, a.k.a., and this is according to his uh, Patreon profile, The Big Bison. <laughs> That's very, very good. Let's make one, just one prediction of where we think Michael, which country Michael, Michael Hudson might live in. Um, the big bison. That's the big bison. Be, I reckon that's got to be America, right? Yeah, you, yeah, America, Canada. It's all the same thing, right? <laughs> Sorry, I, oh, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be the same if we didn't offend an American or a Canadian listener within the first thirty seconds of each Absolutely. episode. Uh, Connor Stevens is one of the hosts of uh, a fantastic podcast all about Moon Knight mm-hmm. called Into the Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his co-host Reynaldo was actually a, a recent patron over the week. Yep. Um, so kudos to that podcast. Both both hosts. Mm. And now, uh, and now, thanked patrons on of the podcast. So, I mean, like, if you what's the if, real achievement? I don't know. What is? What are you implying there? I don't know. <laughs> well, when when's uh, when, like you know, if you have a podcast, make sure all of your hosts sponsor ours. Yep. And in return, we'll thank Mention you. It? On it. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not a very good deal. Um, and also, if you're a big bison, let us know. Is he a real bison? That would be great. I like, would be a detective bison Ooh. as well. Like, not only do we want him to not just be a human, we also want him to be a bison and that also a crimes. detective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's a small ask. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, all of my favorite anthropomorphized comic book characters are detectives. Yeah. I, I, we were speaking about that earlier in the week. Mm. Detective Chimp. Yeah. Top five? Dead or alive? Easily. <laughs> of, of all people. So, that would make Michael Hudson the big bison top five dead or alive patrons so far? Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, let's get on with the show, Siobhan. We start every episode by reviewing all the new number ones that came out last week. 
Um, and uh, oh boy, we got a whole bunch of them. We call this segment First Things First. And uh, the winner of First Things First this week, and of course, you win First Things First by releasing the most number ones. Yeah. In fact, I would say it almost makes you the loser. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. DC put out three number ones this week. And the first of which, or first of those, is called Ragman. Issue number one, written by Ray Fawkes, um, who we've enjoyed quite a few books by in, in uh, recent months. Yeah, most recently that really weird one for Image. I was, What's hoping, that one I was hoping you were going to remember the Underwinter. name of it. Underwinter, Underwinter, very good. The one about like the um, sexy evil the string quartet God. that has to perform for sexy gods, and they all. Well, and, and apparently it wasn't a miniseries. Apparently it's coming back soon. I'm into it. Um, we have got art on this book by Inaki Miranda. And colors by Ava De La Cruz. Um, I am not familiar with the character of Ragman. I am familiar with the character of Ragdoll, who was a member of Secret Six. Yeah, apparently I made the, that mistake also last week. I apparently, was like, the two oh, I love Ragman. Are they linked at all? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Let so. us know. Let us know, a listener who knows infinitely more than us and therefore should have their own podcast. <laughs> Let but us know where your podcast is. We'll talk about it. Only if you uh, become a patron. There's the rules. This iteration of Ragman uh, is a, a mercenary who yep. is also a, th- a grave robber. Yeah, hectic. He and his platoon of mercs um, are go- going out through, uh, is, is this like somewhere in the Israeli desert? And yep. uh, they're, they're looking through tombs and trying to find treasure. Uh, but instead, they all get taken out by a mysterious glowing-eyed bunch of monster guys. Mm. And uh, our main character wakes up in a hospital bed, or is he just a regular, I don't know. But he's ragman now. He's ragman. But it seems to come from inside him, and then he can collect other people inside him. Is that what the vibe is with Ragman? Yeah, and like so he like kind of sucks them up into his rags. Cool. Is it? He's just really absorbent. <laughs> I don't know about this. Is a, a, a bizarre character with weird superpowers, and it doesn't really seem very appealing for anyone. <laughs> I quite liked the concept. I liked this issue. I thought that it did a good job of like kind of dealing with some PTSD stuff, which seems to be like. The flavor of the month in uh, superhero comics at the moment. But I'm sort of interested in the idea that this guy now has all of his, like, platoon inside him. That maybe he can, like, call on them for their various thieving expertise, etc. So Ragman was created by writer Robert Kiniger and artist Joe Cubitt. And uh, he was uh, a Vietnam veteran. Grew up... He grew up helping his father, a junk man who owned a pawn shop, shop named, nice. named Rags and Tatters. Great. Not a great name for a, a shop. Um, his father always dreamed of making a better life for Rory and constantly promised that someday he would make Rory rich. While drinking with his friends one night, his father discovered two million United States dollars stuffed inside an old mattress. <laughs> <laughs> he and Whoa. his friends decided to hide the money for Rory since they were too old to truly benefit from it. The money turned out to be the loot from an arm and car heist. When the hoods came to shop, from, came to the shop to get it, they shot down some electrical wires and used them to torture Rory's father and his friends what? into revealing where the money was hidden. What? Rory arrived soon after, and seeing his father in agony, attempted to free him from the wires. A final shock of power ran through the old man and grounded out at, at Rory, knocking him unconscious. When he regained consciousness, his father and friends were dead, and the hoods responsible were gone. Using a costume made of old rags... Um, he became Ragman, the Tatterdemalion of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Rory appeared to have gained the physical abilities of the men who were electrocuted as they were what? all touching 
when the final blow of electricity flew through them and into Rory. He had an acrobat's agility, a strongman's strength, and a boxer's skills. That is genuinely a terrible concept. But actually makes this issue that we just read a lot make a lot more sense. So yeah. the, the mercenary, along with all the other mercenaries, gets taken down by this weird thing. There's a big kind of electrical explosion. What's up, Shatterstar? How are you? Um <laughs> He has and, a lot of opinions about Ragman. <laughs> and then I guess he get he absorbs all of his all of his platoon, his crew. Yeah. And so now he has the power of not just one Merc, but five <laughs> Mercs who all seemed very similar. <laughs> and who all are into robbing graves. And that's about it, right? Yeah. They're all like, oh, this army business is fine, but I wish I was getting more money for it. I saw this issue as like kind of boring, but also just like I guess setting the seeds for the rest of the miniseries. It's it's a six issue miniseries. I might give right. it another issue, but it was pretty dull, especially for Forks, who's known for pretty fun high concept stuff. Yeah, I sort of thought that this was like fairly high concept, especially they seem to be taking it in a much more like magical direction than it sounds like the book was previously. Well, that was kind of magical, I guess. No, where's the stuffed mattress full of money? Yeah, that's the that's a key part of Ragman's. Imagine if that Origin was like story. that was his weapon. <laughs> he just hit people with a mattress. Some mattress, <laughs> but don't let the money fall out. I need that. Pick it up. We're going to stick with this one, you reckon? Uh, I'll give it one more issue. I'm all, I'm all about DC doing miniseries, but totally. I would also like them to be good. I like the cover. The covers are probably the best part of this whole issue. Um, Shimon, what's the difference between a mini series and a maxi series? Maxi series is more absorbent. That's a that's maxi a, pad joke. That's great. <laughs> that's for that's for all the female so, listeners that yeah. felt left out by by the fact that the sponsor is a is a is a shaving. We sponsor. we shave things too. Is it, is it I'm sure you could shave your legs. Yeah, it's with true. Dollar Shave Club, right? Well, well, and what, what and what can our male listeners do with a maxi pad? Um, soak up kitchen. Soak up your kitchen. tears. Tears, of course. Tears. Perfect. Great. Any other leaks? Uh, well, there's a maxi series that came out from DC this week called. Um, it's the second in the uh, the Wildstorm universe. We've really enjoyed the Warren Ellis Wildstorm and uh, John Davis Hunt Wildstorm mm-hmm. series, which we're like six ish issues into so far. And we're getting a spin off series uh, featuring one of the characters, Michael Cray. Um, this has been co written. Um, Warren Ellis wrote this. Maybe he wrote kind of like the vague story of this, but the majority of the um, dialogue and plot was written by Brian Hill and um, art by N. Stephen Harris, <laughs> Dexter Vines, and Steve <laughs> Bucolato. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, this was a fun issue. What else has Brian Hill done? Why do I know that name? Um, because it sounds like Brian Hitch. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Actually, there you go. Solve that mystery. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this as well. This was good fun. Um, so this I like his character. We know that, like you know, at one point Wildstorm was was a very, very separate universe, which was then built bought by DC. Mm-hmm. Then they integrated the Wildstorm universe into the DC universe for the, for the New 52. It was a colossal failure and none yeah. of the Wildstorm books like survived. New 52s, yeah. like early, they were like some, most of them were like the first to go, right? I think that um, Midnighter and Apollo did pretty well. Midnighter came that... later. Ah, uh, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I mean, Warren Ellis has kind of been uh, given the task of kind of recreating the Wildstorm universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Edward Hill is the name the name of the writer who wrote this. Um, he is a screenwriter. Oh, there you go. And a musician, an author, a graphic designer, a graphic novelist. Goodness he's gracious. He's done a lot. He's done a lot. He's done a lot of stuff for Top Cow. Cool. <laughs> um, but uh, here he is writing a, um, a story all about Michael Cray, who we've seen 
um, in the pages of Wildstorm so far. We know that he's been made to do a whole bunch of um, horrible shit for the government, mm-hmm. and now he wants out. And so this uh, story is him kind of basically being given a mission to take down Oliver Queen. So it shows that they are, they are going to be using DC characters in this new Wildstorm universe, but just not as we know them, because this version of Oliver Queen is someone who hunts people for money. Yeah. No, 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 just because. Just for sport. For sport, yeah. Um, the thrill of the of the game. Mm. And um, he's you know he still he has the same origin story as regular Green Arrow, except um, every every year he goes back to a recreation of the island that he was stranded on and hunts people. Um, and so, basically, Michael Cray is deciding whether or not this warrants um, a bullet in his head or not. Yeah, I, I like this. this I loved cool. this. This is great fun. Um, what an interesting, I like this evil version of Oliver Queen. I was sort of confused as to where this sits. Like, is this supposed to be in DC continuity or is this supposed to be in Wildstorm continuity and they're just going to use some of I think those that's characters? Exactly, I think, yeah, definitely the latter. Um, well, I'm fully on board for that. I think that's good fun. Yep. Yeah, these are doing a shitload of Elseworlds things without calling them Elseworlds at the moment. Yeah, why In fact, the next thing we're about to talk about is one too. Just stick Elseworlds on the cover. Why not? Yeah, um, I thought, um, you know, it, it definitely, I think writing-wise, it didn't feel like a step down from Warren Ellis. Um, mm-hmm. Art-wise, I mean, look, John Davis Hunt is, is very meticulous yeah. in, in his sketches. And I think, um, and Stephen Harris, while, while good, Comparing it to, to that was is unfair almost, but I, but I, it does a very capable job of storytelling. And I like the the sort of subtle redesign of Green Arrow, just making him a little bit more sinister, yeah, a little bit weirder. Definitely, I think, um, a lot it's weirder. Really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, some good. Uh, we know, you know. I feel like for for a book all about arrows, you so rarely see arrows just completely going through someone's body True. in Green Arrow, and you see lots of that in this issue. Yeah. All these, like, I love how, like, Hawkeye never shoots someone, except unless it's, like, Bruce Banner or whatever. But, you know, he's so, this is always like, oh, I'll use a net arrow, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. shoot just above you. Or... The one with a boxing glove on it. Which, yeah. I mean, how could that be any more painful than just punching someone with a boxing glove? Also, a boxing glove yeah. is less painful than punching someone with a fist. Yeah. So why doesn't he just have a, a, an arrow with a human fist on it? Yeah, come on, just think ahead. Just cut your hand off, Hawkeye. Jesus Christ, Hawkeye. Um... I thought this was a really cool issue. It's probably my favorite of the DC number ones this week. What? You mean Gotham City Garage? Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> I did not like Gotham City Garage, which is a uh, a new... It's actually a digital um, comic, and they've collected the first few right. issues of that. Uh, it's written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig. Art is by Brian Ching, and colors is, uh, by Kellen, Kelly Fitzpatrick, the only woman working on this book, which is all about the female characters in DC as motorcycle... Babes. Babes, but... For some reason, it's also Mad Max and also in like a post-apocalyptic dystopian yeah. future in which Lex Luthor is like the president of the world and Batman does all of his dirty deeds and everyone's under mind control. Yes. I thought this was just going to be like, like and super Harley cool. Quinn is a greaser. And I was like, cool, that'll be <laughs> yeah, fun. Harley like, Quinn, but she also has a motorcycle. That's, that, I mean, the, the end of the story. I feel like the problem with like this and bombshells are that they the the worlds are too too different they're too convoluted they're too complicated like just exactly the same as the DC universe but they're all on motorcycles at all the times yeah that's what I wanted from this book I, I don't know I kind of I was kind of hoping for this to be like this like low on action high on like romance and drama yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. motorbike fun thing yeah 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 like exactly the same but Big Barter has a 
shop, whatever. I don't know. You don't Sorry. know. You don't, do you name the name of one motorbike? Yeah, that was my thing. I was like, uh. Chop, a chopper. She has a chopper. She has a chopper. <laughs> and like the character. She like, has a Yamaha. <laughs> like there are some terrible redesigns. Like Big Barter's redesign is really ugly. Silver Banshee is there. No one gives a fuck about Silver Banshee. Why Who is, is Silver, Silver Banshee? She's like a. She, she actually is called Siobhan. She's oh, right. uh, like an Irish Supergirl villain. Right. Yeah. And well, in this version... Now she has a motorbike. Now she has a motorbike. That's all. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and this, like, the lead character is Supergirl, but she's been adopted by Commissioner Gordon for some fucking reason. Like, Who gets his neck snapped by Batman. Spoilers. Not really. You're not going to read this. And there's all these, like, Batman robots. Not everything has to be Mad Max as well. Guys. That's what I mean. I, I feel like this is totally a kind of line that I, I thought they would make to appeal to, to women. Oh no! It's, it's not, no, no. That's well, okay. Well, then, okay. Then, if they're, they're appealing to dudes with this, all you need is like sexy, sexy. But well, the, the, none of the characters are sexy either. <laughs> Who is this for? Also, the, the bikes aren't very good either. The yeah. choppers, the choppers aren't very good. Yeah, what, make when, them how, more like my Harley. <laughs> how long until we get like um, a Segway version? Like all <laughs> of the DC superheroes are on Segways, or like Razor scooters. <laughs> I think segways because then like everyone would just be fat. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like, call it? Like um, like segway heroes. Yeah, perfect. We'll be like Wally. Well, we have to launch the statues first. Yeah. So everyone listening, everyone, like, why don't we have a few a few budding artists listening? If you want to draw yes. us, I don't know who's who's a good superhero to start this with as, as the first statue. I mean, Harley Quinn always sells. Okay, Har- a fat Harley Quinn on yep. a Segway. Thanks, guys. That's what we need. That's what we to need. To launch, the, and, and DC will see it, launch an extremely successful line of statues, and within three years we'll have a, uh, a really boring... Really average... ...miniseries based on it. Great. Can't wait. Can't wait. Hey, what did Marvel put out this week? A number one featuring our man Falcon. It's Falcon number one. It's a legacy book uh, written by Joshua Barnes, who is another screen... Sorry, Rodney Barnes, um, who is another screen screenwriter... Um, come comic book writer um, and art and this one is by Joshua Kassara with colors by Rochelle Rosenberg um, this I think has the potential to be a great series but it comes with way too much baggage from mm. uh, Secret Empire in that you know a big event's happened and we have to have like a few issues of all the heroes being sad about the big event for a while before we get anything actually fun happening yeah this was not a fun book I would well, I, I mean, say. he also tried to link it to w- real world crime. Mm-hmm. So he's like Falcons in Chicago mm-hmm. trying to deal with gang wars in Chicago, but then they try and make it fun. Like, mm. like the, like there's like antics between like the way they deal with both the gangs. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. And the new, the new, um, what's his name? Patriot or whatever. Yeah. Who, who, yeah. who was like introduced in a, like a mini, like in like a tiny little, chapter of the the spin-off book of secret empire and there's a fully other there's another version of patriot that they could have used instead of just making a new patriot yeah totally um i just found this like i found this very boring was my key thing and i I was disappointed by that because i always like i want to like falcon books i I quite liked what nick spencer did with the character yeah me too Um, if this was just a series of him dealing with the trauma of having lived an entire life. Oh, that that then... was the biggest thing missing from this book. In, <laughs> they never mentioned that. In the, 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 the what, do they, what do they call it thing? Generations? Yes. Generations. Uh, Falcon lived an entire life when he went back in time alongside Steve Rogers. And he fought in a war and he had children and he became a pastor. And he had grandchildren. And then everyone he loved died. And then he died. And then he came back. 
Also, a lot of people comment on our accents a lot. I realize I just said oh, yeah? pasta. So people, some people uh, might be thinking he became like a fettuccine or something. Delicious. Like that. Mm. But he became a, pa- a, a pastor. Is that- <laughs> um, so yeah, I, you're right. This was this was just kind of like it was very overwritten. It was trying yeah. to do too much. When I feel like Falcon is the kind of hero that, that just needs like a swashbuckling adventure book. Mm, yes, absolutely. And you can still keep it political, but but let him buckle some swashes. Exactly. And I also didn't love the coloring on this. It was really dark, and I understood that they were trying to make it like gritty and street level. But there were some parts that I found really. I didn't really understand what was going on. I liked this art a lot more than most of the legacy books at the moment, though. There was no photo reference weird uh, digital coloring. Yes, that's true. Thing that, that a lot of other books have been mired with. But yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm going to give this a few issues, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if, 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 the, if, the, if the next couple are like this, I'll, I'll probably drop it. Um, over to Image now um, for a, a new book by Justin Jordan, um, writer of a incredible series that just got collected in hardcover format. Did you pick that up last week, Siobhan? No, I didn't, but I Freaking really should. It's Is it already good. sold out? Damn. I don't know. The Legend of Luther Strode uh, with art by Tradmore. I, at, at every every time I open a new book this weekend, I was like, I just want to read that. <laughs> it's just in the corner of my room. It looks so good. I thumbed through it. We'll While probably, you're reading Gotham City Garage. <laughs> I'm just like going, like, why am I doing this to myself? Um, when I know that like all of our listeners are perfectly like happy with me, us just going, oh yeah, it was fine. Yeah. And then moving on. I'm like, no, I have to read every page of Gotham City Garage for the listeners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, 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 will, we will get to... Um, uh, the the Luther Strode collection in our mm. next uh, graphic novel wrap up, I guess. Nice. I'll bring it around if you can't get one this week. It's such a good collection. Like yeah. honestly, every everyone who who loves the kind of comics we do, it, you owe it to yourselves to, to add this to your collection. It's an incredible, yeah, beautiful hardcover, and it has so much great backup material by uh, lots of artists we love, and also like the amazing. first contact that Tradmore and Justin Jordan had, mm. like the first like dorky email Justin Jordan sent Tradmore when he was just a deviant art artist. Cute. Very good stuff. Oh, I want to read that. Uh, so Justin Jordan wrote a new book called The Family Trade um, and he co-wrote it with another writer called Nikki Ryan. Art is by Morgan Beam um, and re- Oof, letters by... I love the art. Yes, me too. Letters Justin by Jordan, Re- like Rachel the... Deering. Sorry. <laughs> Justin Jordan just seems really good at he... discovering artists. 100%. He's really, really good. Uh, one of my favorite rappers, E40. Very, very good at picking beats by, uh, by new producers. I reckon Justin Jordan is the E40 of comics. It's a reference <laughs> that no one listening will enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Um, oh, I know that song. Oh, good. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, so the family trade um, is uh, like probably totally put me by surprise. Mm. Um, it is kind of set in a you know it takes basically it's like like a sliding doors kind of take a take a moment in actual American history <laughs> and then spin a weird kind of tail off of it. Um, basically, in in between, um, uh, would you want to do you want to do this? I'm terrible at recapping things that take t- attention. Um, <laughs> well, I can't remember what the thing where it spins out from, but basically, there's like a island that is sort of neutral territory in the middle of some ocean where um, they sort of control everything. What am I like? Control trade yeah. and negotiations between. Um, it's like 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 a like a diplomatic kind of free zone where where countries can yes, can come together to and, uh, and and trade and sign treaties and. Because they've got all the guns on this like floating island, um, no one really fucks with the island. But yeah. there's a there's a family who makes sure all the people in power 
uh, like are kept in Behave. line. That's right. And so this family trade is all about this one girl who is in the family trying to prove herself as a member of the family. And there's also like, I mean, I could have done without the, the Trump character. Yeah. How many comics had a Trump character in it this week? I get it. Like, I get it, guys. Like, I get it. A lot of creative people, like their enemy at the moment is, is, is their president. Yeah. And you've got to take a few shots via your comics. But, but it did feel weirdly incongruous. And like, sort of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, hundred percent. And also, like, like we can do better, but by like by having a Trump character that just says we're going to make something great again. Yeah. He said more stupid things than just that. Just if you're yeah. going to, if you have to do it, pick, pick, do do the comic book version of Cov Fief or whatever the fuck yeah. that was. <laughs> Cov <Cov-fefi. laughs> Um, I agree with the Trump character thing. But other than that, this felt like a really... Like, this feels quite European, I think, because really, of the Really, really, yeah. Oh, God, the um, art is so good with the watercolours as well. Like The colour palette is, like, really, really beautiful. This is such a, like, really gorgeous book. Everyone has such rosy cheeks. Yeah, I love that. Um, and there's, like, yeah, great way of blending people into the background. And, like, yeah, the colour... Like you said, the colour palette, is, it really, really stands out. This is probably my favourite number one of the week, um, just because it really took yes. me by surprise and, um, and was... I mean, basically introduced me to a, an artist who I'm going to always follow now, Morgan Beam. Yep, Morgan. Who did, who did Boy the, or uh, girl, either way. Either way. I like what you're doing. Yeah, and uh, Rachel Deering, who did the letters on this, also does the letters on that Natasha Alterici book that we really like. Oh, uh, yeah, um, Heathen. Heathen, that's right. And the letters are really, really great. Yeah, great lettering. Um, so, yeah, check this one out, The Family Trade, out now through Image. Uh, it was one of three Image books this week. No, Joe, one of two. Phew. Nice. Um, the other one is a top cow book through image called God Complex, written by Paul Jenkins, um, with art by. Oh, so it was created by Brian Lai, um, and art is by Hendry Prasetya. Prasetya. Nailed um, it. And colors by Jessica Curlin. Um, this was in a very, very dense and dull mm. book about <laughs> a detective in a world where there are gods. Or something. Or like There's like these guys tech. with metal heads who are God or something. That's yeah. about all I got from it. I, this is just an extremely not for me book. Yeah, same. Also, like I'm so done with male protagonists who are like, Ugh, I just can't emotionally connect to the women around me. I'm just here for sex. See you later, baby cakes. Wait, that happened in this book? <laughs> like maybe I'm reading that, between the that lines. That would have brought me in a lot more. <laughs> Well, it's just like the only time you see this female character, I don't think oh, you even find right. out her name, is they're nude in bed together. And then she's like, are you sleeping? He's like, no, but can't like communicate. So he's like, I'm leaving. Boring. I'm going to hang out with a guy with a godhead. Yeah. He's way sexier than you. <laughs> um, yeah. That, God, sorry. It's not even, it's called God Complex Dogma. Yeah. Which maybe the, the subtitle made me think it was based on a video game, but... Yeah, it, it, is, it, it does sound and look very video gamey, but I've, yeah. as a video gamer myself, I've not come across such a game. Mm. Let us know if you've played this, <laughs> not if you've read it. <laughs> um, so it's almost Halloween soon, and we've got two Halloween specials this week, uh, the first of which... Oh, I didn't read them. Sorry. One was that we got an Archie Halloween Spectacular. Um, spooktacular. Spook- no, it's just Spectacular. Oh, well, that Thank seems you very like much. a missed opportunity. Um, well, I mean, luckily, it was one that Adventure Time took up with oh, the Adventure Time 2017 Spooktacular. Good. Um, I really enjoyed some of the Adventure Time one, which is all about the, um, the like the the guy who's like a big piece of round candy with um wears a suit that delicious works for print one of the princesses, the main princess, Princess Bubblegum, is that her name? Yep. 
Um, Peppermint Butler is his name. So it was right. a whole bunch of uh, short stories about Peppermint Butler. Some of them were good. Some of them were fine. Um, some uh, There was four different stories and um, the art and coloring was great all the way throughout it. So if you were an Adventure Time fan and you have fallen off the uh, regular Adventure Time comic, definitely give this one a shot because it was pretty fun. And uh, great, great printing as well. Excellent paper stock. Seven ninety nine US. Forget yeah. about it, everybody. Don't worry, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> holy shit! You didn't want to be good. That paper is a stock. lot of money. Goodness gracious! <laughs> um, Archie's Halloween Spectacular this week uh, was only two ninety nine. Nice. Um, and featured but they, that that cover is a reproduction of an old image of, so. of a free yeah the free Halloween comic that came out last year. Yeah, I, I wonder, sort of assume that means that the insides are reprints as well, which Archie do well a lot. They, I mean, they're 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 not great. <laughs> Um, one of them is uh, like, it's basically all the different Archie Powers trying to spook each other in three different stories that pretty much all pan out exactly the same way. Nice. There's a funny moment with Veronica's dad. That's about it. Pretending to be her, pretending to be his dad, his dead dad who was murdered. What? And like, what? It, it, everyone's pretending to be a ghost. I don't know. It wasn't very funny. Wow. Uh, so yeah, Halloween sucks so far this year, guys. Boo. Boo Halloween. Um, but we got uh, some books through Titan this week. Um that are like some old uh, sci-fi and superhero uh, properties being brought mm-hmm. back to life. The first of which is Dan Dare. Mm-hmm. I think I've read like a Grant Morrison written Dan Dare book in the past, or maybe a Garth Ennis one. Yeah, he's like an old British. Yep. Um, guy. And uh, so this week, uh, Titan put out Dan Dare number one, written by Peter Milligan, who's another old British guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, with art by uh, Alberto Forche, uh, Jordi Esquin Liorach, and uh, Simon Bowland, and. Um, this was actually really cool. Yeah, um, this was like pretty good fun. We have like this kind of like pulpy um, British hero who has uh, finally captured like his long, long time nemesis, who is like an, a mind controlling alien, and locked him up in a high, um, like you know, extremely high security um, mm-hmm. jail that he can't escape from. And then after years of him, you know, slowly rehabilitating himself, he realizes that without his nemesis, he's bored. Mm. And so he starts praying for something to happen so he can return to space and do do some goddamn adventures. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, this was totally good fun. I liked the, um, how the villain was like, you'll never rehabilitate me. And then was like, I actually really like gardening. Yeah, yeah. That was cute. I like where this is going. Yeah, I thought this was really good fun. Yeah, and at one point, like, they try and break him out, and he's like, fuck off. Yeah. No, I'm being rehabilitated. Like, you guys are nothing to me. It's you squashed over. my marrows. Yeah, that's right. That's actually, he's way more upset about his vegetables than the uh, than the breakout. Um, but I think they did a really good job of kind of um, taking a sort of old character and kind of reinvigorating him without fundamentally changing that much uh-huh. about the character. Yeah, it's still, it still felt like it was a... Um, a character that could have been like you know it's set in the future but it still felt like it was, it was written with the same sensibilities that you know like 30 50 years ago yeah um but without being dull absolutely yeah so it was like modern comic book style writing with older comic book style themes yeah and still yeah. that kind of like 60s idea of what the future was going to be yeah which was definitely pretty good fun. buck rogers vibes absolutely this was great um, and I look forward to reading more issues of Dan Dare. Um, Fighting American was the other Titan book uh, this week, and that was written by Gordon Rennie um, with uh, art by Duke Mighton, colors by Tracy Bailey, and letters by Simon Boland again. Um, this is based off of uh, a Joe Simon and Jack Kirby um, property. 
uh, and it's essentially Captain America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The character is literally Captain America. <laughs> but he's the fighting American. And this sees um, them, this sees the fighting American sent to, the, to our time from mm-hmm. his time. Um, and his uh, stupid partner, who his name is Speed Boy, even yep. though he, is he particularly fast? Isn't he just like a. He's just regular fast. Um, why wasn't he called like Ducky or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, this is like a kind of like, yeah, like a, a, a man out of time kind of yeah. story. Um, but it was kind of fun, I guess. I, I, I quite enjoyed this because I like that they're sort of going to confront that real kind of propaganda y element of those kinds of comics. From that time period. So, yep. like, he comes through to being like, oh, I'm going to get those commies and speaks and sort of... Um, old, old speak. Old, old, ye oldie speak. And is like, why is everyone pointing these shiny notebooks at me? And everyone's filming him. Um, but I thought that was pretty good fun. I like the villain. Yeah, I like totally. The art. Yeah, and they, uh, they, they end this issue... Um, like basically like surrounded by a SWAT team. Yeah. Hoping that they were going to get blasted back to the past, but they've been betrayed. They have been betrayed by a scary boy. I'm more likely to keep reading Dan Deer. And if it's a quiet week, which it won't be, I'll read it a second issue of Fighting Americans. <laughs> so uh, well done, Fighting Americans. Yay. Uh, the final number one I read this week. Oh, wow. It. So you, when, when you talked about how many Trump things there were this week, I thought you for sure oh. you were talking about this piece of shit. No. Written by and drawn by oh, okay. Ben Templesmith, who I like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's an Australian Australia's creator. own Ben Templesmith. And um, look, it's not that, you know, sorry, I, I was I came on way too strong. It's not a piece yeah, of yeah. shit. It just is the kind of comic that I just avoid. Yeah. Um, it's called... Uh, Wormwood Gentleman Corpse, Mr. Wormwood goes to Washington. Right, okay, yeah. So Mr. Wormwood is a like a corpse. Yeah. Um I've not have you read any of these series before? No, it's not my sort of thing. Exactly. Um so he's like a decaying corpse who has like worms in his eyes. Um and in this one he's being hired to take down the president. But they find him they have to go and track him down and he's in like some like kind of like savage land where he's like destroying dinosaurs made of pus and it's like it's real gross you know like i mean ben templesmith has that very purposely gross kind of color palette and and art style which i've read like noir style crime books that he's done the art on that that i really liked but here it just felt this felt like a zine that you pick up at like like this is not art in newcastle in in the (laughs) in the the early 2000s um that's a very specific specific thing but you know at least one lesson that we'll know what i'm talking about uh I don't need to read another issue of this. No, it's yeah. But there was the, the so yeah. The, the president is like this like super duper gross Trump kind of analogy who who's real fat and disgusting and wants to make a deal with a, with demons to right. be even more fat and disgusting. There's way dumber things about Trump than the fact that he's fat and disgusting. Covfefe, whatever the fuck it is, guys. guys come on, where's where's Covfefe, the comic? Garfield meets Covfefe. <laughs> make it happen. Um, cool, everyone. Those are our first issues, all of them reviewed. The end of first things first. Um, coming up very soon, we're going to talk about the um, the other books that weren't number ones that we read this week. But uh, Twos and onwards only. That's right. And our famous segment, Twos and onwards. <laughs> but before we get to Twos and onwards, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Dollar Shave Club, who are our sponsors for this episode. Um, I have spent my entire life buying... Um, like I, I always get sucked in. You buy like a very, very cheap, like or like it'd be on sale, be like one razor 
and you know you get the like it's like this cool like Gillette steel yep, yep, yep. kind of handle and you're like fuck yeah it's only six bucks and yeah. then the razor runs out after a little bit it gets all rusty and it loses that kind of like nice thing that stops yourself from like hurting every time you cut your, 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 your hair from your face you know how shaving works <laughs> um and uh and then i'm like cool time to go buy some razors for this just like real real schmick um mm. you know metal handle. handle i've got and then the razors are like 30 bucks for four or something ridiculous this is crazy and it's it's been it's my ridiculous. life it's been my life what but shave club.com it's the answer to, to making mine and your lives so much easier um, since joining dollarshaveclub.com, I don't need to choose between price and quality to get an amazing shave anymore, Siobhan, because <laughs> dollarshaveclub.com is a no-brainer for an incredible shave delivered right to your door. Another thing, I always forget to buy razors until it's too late. And then because you leave the razor in the in the shower, yeah. you're like, you don't think of it until you're in the shower again. And then you're like, oh, I've got to remember to take this razor out and get new ones. And then the next day you get in the shower again, you're like, oh, fuck, it's still here. Yeah, I feel you. Um, so these Shaving ones, your face sounds really stressful. Yep. Yeah. Uh, dollarshaveclub.com dollar shave delivers high-quality razors right to my home for less than what I used to pay. Um, there's no reason to deal with the hassle of going to the store to buy, buy expensive razors when you join the club. Just go to cool. dollarshave, do, dollarshaveclub.com um, slash serious issues and pick a razor that works for you from their lineup of amazing blades. Um, I got a little razor that I think you might like the name of. It's called the Executive Razor. That makes me feel important. When I use it with their Dr. Carver's shave butter, the blade just gently glides for the smoothest shave imaginable. <laughs> they told me to say that, but I was, and they'll like adapt that sentence. And I was like, oh, that's a perfect sentence. It's a good sentence. <laughs> I like it the way it is. Um, so here's I your... can imagine a pretty smooth shave. So um, look, does it live I, I, up to those? Like... I've got a face smoother than Shatterstar's bum, <laughs> as they say. Um, and uh, look, I, I, I need to make sure that I constantly get ID'd. Um, mm. When I buy alcohol as a 32-year-old. And dollarshaveclub.com ensures that I can do that. <laughs> um, here's your chance to see why over 3 million members like me love Dollar Shave Club. Right now, you can get your first month of the club for as little as 5 bucks. After that, it's just a few bucks a month. Dollar Shave Club is so confident in the quality and value of all their products that there's no long-term commitment or any hidden fees. There's no reason not to join. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash serious issues. That's dollarshaveclub.com dot com slash serious issues and thanks so much to everyone at the club for sponsoring this episode of serious issues great thank you um and making my voice and my face all the more smoother you did good um so let's play a game called roll the dice for marvel image or dc you get to do it again oh, whoa, okay cool all right so one to two is image three to four is marvel five to six is dc 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 first yeah you roll a six now we're gonna roll a five great we'll do DC, DC, DC twice great DC, so, then Image, then Marvel. Okay, great. Well, that's a proper mix-up. Yeah. That's real fun. Uh, so i got some DC books here. I guess we should start things off with Dark Knight's Metal, issue number three. Seems likely. Um, so this is written by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo with Jonathan Glapion and FCO Placencia. Although if you go by their very, very metal names, which they get given um, somewhere later in the book... Did you, did you like, like, you know, you used to watch like the Halloween episodes of The Simpsons yeah, and they used yeah, to get yeah. like spooky names. So yeah. it's Scott Sledgehammer Snyder, Greg Chaos Bringer Capullo, Jonathan Grim Reaper Glapion, and FCO Overkill Placentia. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, this is the, the big DC event at the moment that takes pride in being completely and utterly ridiculous. And boy, howdy, did they do that in this issue? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there is the, um, what's his name? Bat, the the bat god that 
I think Peter Milligan. Bar Battos. Bar Battos. Yeah, Peter, I think Peter Milligan wrote him originally first in that run, Riddler run. Ah. Oh, maybe another another story in which Riddler becomes evil because of a, a bat god. All oh, right, cool. Um, yeah, the, this is uh, the, the, the all the evil Batman have come to uh, the world of DC and um, have taken Batman to the to their dark world, and um, they're trying to get Superman there too. And there's a whole bunch of metal that can be used to. Make, make contact with the dark world mm-hmm. and I just love that um, we haven't seen pla- even though he was revealed in like one of the earlier kind of like pre-chapters for this event we saw Plastic Man in a pl- in an egg mm-hmm. um, they just keep referring it to to it as the Plastic Man egg yeah it, like it's like a deathly serious book like everyone's saying very very serious things about how urgent it is that they you know try and save Batman or whatever and then they're like we'll use the plastic man egg yeah. you stay here with the plastic man egg I'll take the plastic man egg like, yeah, it's like they... this book is incredibly serious that's like but also Dark Side's a baby and Matt Plastic Man is in his egg here's Detective Chimp but how come how come pla- like how come Plastic Man egg is, is, is a metal yeah I don't know I think I don't know whether it's like the egg is made of metal and that's the only thing that could contain Plastic Man. Right. Maybe. Has he done something to be forced to be contained? I mean, he was a bad guy. Um, I did love um, when Deathstroke showed up in this issue. Um, Deathstroke showed up in this issue. There were so many like characters in this issue that I can't even remember that. Um, one of the evil Robins shows up and um, and like goes, Scree! And launches himself at... Um, Nightwing and, and all the other heroes and then suddenly yes, he cops a sword to like, a dagger like through the mouth and then pins yeah. himself to the to the wall and it was Deathstroke and the bar that they're in by the way guys is the Oblivion bar which if you're familiar with the sort of magical DC universe is where all the magic guys hang out and that's why Detective Chimp showed up in this issue which was a highlight for so not only is Detective Chimp a detective and a, and a chimp he's also yeah. magical yeah Oh, great. He's like a magic detective chimp. You would assume that if there was a talking chimp who was a detective, there would be some magic involved, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is an utterly batshit book. Um, pun intended. Nice. They should, have, they should have called this shit this book batshit. Yeah. But, I mean, I, we, we must be within a decade of, of DC allowing <laughs> that to exist, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, I can't say that I'm loving it, but I'm certainly enjoying it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's really silly. Greg Capullo is doing great work. Like, this is really fun book to look at and there are some really great panels i like how much of the dc universe they're kind of utilizing yep in this very very silly event i like how often in dc books like um various superheroes get put into some kind of big weird battery machine i feel like that's a thing that happens all the time <laughs> is um, it dr fate who does it in this one or no is it who gets put in a battery in this well engine? they're all like they're in all the in alternate the universe and they're all stuck in this big thing oh, that i assume is some kind of <laughs> conduit or battery or something yeah it's fun it's very very silly dumb yeah don't be trying to read this for any kind of like linear plot because like i feel like scott snyder's just throwing random shit in there yeah definitely Um, but it's it's totally totally good fun totally um also out this week was the third issue of mr miracle by tom king and mitch garrods um this is a, a book that i am just completely all on board for and like it, it, this, this issue in particular, the beginning of it was extremely grim. Mm. Um, as we kind of learn just how horrific um, Mister Miracle and Big Barter's upbringing um, under the uh, the tutelage of, uh, of Granny Goodness mm-hmm. on um, on Apocalypse was um, when he tells of a, a story that she told him every Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> which so was so heavy, so heavy. But I, I thought, like, I feel like. That's such a, a much more effective way of showing how shit 
Granny Goodness was as a as a care carer. Yeah. Than like you know showing her whipping a bunch of ugly children or whatever, which is kind of what we've always seen so far. Mm. Um, are you coming on board to this take on these characters yet, or? No, I am. Like, I, I... why why don't why am I not all on board with this? I feel like I should be. I really hate some of the panels because I really I can't fucking understand what's going on. Am I not supposed to understand I, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I these? think that, so. There there are moments where it's like I shaky. I put my glasses on. It looks like handy cam footage, like yeah. blurred, blurry. And I think it's you're meant to. I think it's meant to be either him straining his memory to to make it out, or he's mm. or you know he's he's not even paying attention to what's going on. It's some pretty grisly shit happening in those moments too. We see, yeah, Granny Goodness's head getting slowly chopped off over the over three pages. Yeah, yeah. Like this is. <laughs> I found myself like continuing like continually putting off reading this because i find it like a really tough read a lot of the time and that's just me being like weak or something but hey, like they're, they're dealing with some really postnatal depression <laughs> is is a very real thing and i don't think this comic is going to help no any any, any potential uh sad feelings yeah. i have um yeah especially because i feel like they're setting up something bad for big barter which makes me sad no you really think so i don't think so i don't know they just keep being like you know that i'm real right yeah yeah, yeah. about her and i feel like that means she's not real um the art's so beautiful like yeah. it looks incredible the panels that i can understand what's going on and the colors sometimes are it also looks like um nicholas cage <laughs> definitely um and i i love that like in you know there are really, really brutal moments and, and really sad moments, but then there's just completely wacky moments, like when he goes to visit Orion and, and gets introduced to Orion by um, Funky Flashman. Yeah. And then Orion, can, like, proceeds to beat him up, shouting, have you ever seen the face of God? Like, this is such a heavy comic. Um, and I, I sort of... I'm I'm so torn between like, oh, I think that it's really interesting what he's doing. I like that Orion is now High Father. I like the sort of... I like what he's doing with Orion almost more than I like what he's doing with Scott Mr. Free. Miracle. Sure. Um, and I, I, I miss the fun of these characters quite keenly. But, you know, that doesn't mean they're never going to be fun again. And it doesn't mean that I can't go back and read Kirby stuff that is more fun with totally. these guys. Totally, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there are moments of fun in it too. Like there are still like a lot of very strange and odd moments that I, that I would count as fun. Yeah, I, I like, love I mean, Forager they... showing up and even though he then... But that was like the heaviest thing of okay, all time. But, but before he said some heavy stuff about the six million bugs that have that have sacrificed <laughs> their lives for the war. For Orion's I was war. like, oh, hey, it's Forager, great. <laughs> and the bit where they take a selfie with a kid in the street. That's cute. I like this a lot. I like this. And I also love, like, you know, we are seeing him doing doing escape routines in the, in the midst of it, too. Like, he still wants to do his work. Yeah, he's still working. Even though, oh, yeah, like, it just, like, this book just makes me sad. Like, I read it and I'm kind of like, oh, well, I guess I'm sad now. Did the vision make you sad? No. Yeah, right. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. Here we go. What's wrong with me? Um, a baby, that's what. Yeah. It's changed you. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, over to Detective Comics right now, um, we got issue number 966, um, the part two of A Lonely Place of Living, um, which I'm enjoying a lot more than what's going on in action comics right now. Yeah, same. And I feel like this should have gotten the lenticular covers, not action. Yeah, come on, guys. Um, this was written by James Tinney and the Fourth with Eddie Barrows, uh, and uh, it's half a, 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 a vision of the future of Tim Drake as mm. Batman. Um, 
taking t- kicking ass and taking names and using a gun. Um, and then uh, basically, it's it's uh, Tim Drake escaping from Mister Oz's prison with the help of his future self. And uh, he, you know, de- denies that he'll, he he can't believe that he'll ever ever con- like consider becoming Batman. Mm. Uh, and the two of them have to have to face off against uh, um, Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot a lot of fun and yeah. a lot, setting up a lot of cool stuff for the future too. And I like how this kind of um, I mentioned when we were talking about the last issue that I, there was a Teen Titans story arc in Jeff Johns' run where they sort of went to the future and they were all evil Justice League. And in this, I feel like they've explicitly kind of gone that's the version of future evil Batman Tim Drake that we're talking about because he references Connor, who is Superboy, who does yep. not exist in this yeah, yeah, um, yeah. universe. So I was into that. Yeah, which is cool. Which is another bringing back kind of like the themes of Rebirth too into this. I think th- yeah. th- this book, Detective, has done a better job than almost all the other DC books of kind of juggling all those different things. Mm. And now we have a future Tim Drake evil Batman on the streets trying to kill Batwoman. Great fun. Cool. Real good fun. Um, over to uh, Action Comics number 989 for the Oz Effect Part 3. We're 11 issues away from the 1,000th issue of any comic. Is, that, is it the first? Can't be the first. I don't know. Um, but whatever. What, 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 what crazy bullshit. If, if we're already, we've, got, we've got Jor-El back for yep. issue nine, number like what 987 or something. What are they going to do for 1,000? What, what possible craziness are they going to do for 1,000? Um, I don't know. I um, think that crypto is going to have babies. Yay. Oh, my God. Crypto. A thousand babies. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone's going to skin them and make a coat. Oh, Mr. Oh. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is the continuation of the Oz effect, um, the storyline in which Jor-El is back um, and... Uh, Superman's dealing with his dad being back in his life and trying to convince <laughs> him to go back to Krypton or something, with like leave Earth and all the and well, doom humanity. This was okay. The thing that I did enjoy about this is because, like DC at the moment, are clearly trying to be like, remember all that stuff that you used to love about the DC universe? We're bringing it back. Here's Mister Terrific. Here's Detective Chimp. Here's the Legion of Superheroes. So the final page of this issue spoils, guys. Here's the word Connor. Yeah, here's the word Connor. That was enough for me. I'm on board. <laughs> Um, so the final page has like the Legion basically and Jor-El being like, we're going to go to this place where the Legion are, which I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm into it. Do you like him appealing to Superboy? Kind of. I thought that kind of worked. Although you want to be I, like, John, look yeah. at his, look at his scary eye. Yeah, I know. He's, if comics have taught us he anything. He has a yucky eye. <laughs> he has a yucky don't eye. follow anyone with a yucky eye. It's the one thing you learn in school. Absolutely. At least let him heal the eye first. Um, so yeah, it was all right. Whatever. Yeah. Just reading it. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws this week was a kind of crossover with Detective. Um, and it was, the issue was fine. Whatever. wasn't remarkable in any way, but I love the cover so much because it is Batwoman and Red Hood, uh, fighting each other. And Red Hood is saying, don't you people have some detectiving to do? <laughs> That's good. There was lots of good speech troubles on covers this week, actually. I'll, I'll alert you to the others when we talk about the comics, but, um, yeah, this issue is cool. That's the only thing of note. I mean, it's, it's it's just a good, it's a solid superhero book. Um, this basically had the, the cast of Detective Comics um, fighting and eventually taking down Red Hood and the Outlaws. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, well, that's the end of that then. New Superman this week was uh, was a great issue too, even though the art was uh, not up to its usual caliber. Um, we had uh, fill-in pencils by Brent Peoples and inks by Richard Friend um, and written by Jean Luen Yang uh, telling the story of the new Superman of China. But this um, kind of was like, Almost like a comment on the legacy of DC and 
and mm. almost a comment of like racism in comics. Yeah, in the in the thirties, absolutely. Uh, we had Slam Bradley show up out of just, nowhere, <laughs> just punching some Chinaman. For no, no or- reason. Orientals. He called Orientals, them Orientals. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we basically had, it's really really making a cool kind of team out of out of the um, the Chinese Justice League, and mm. their friendship is really really strong and a, a kind of great driving force of this comic now. Yeah, so Batman of China around. is the best. He's so good. He's such a good character, and I love like there are you know some little subtle references like in the last issue we thought we thought Keenan might have died, guys, but obviously he didn't. He was put into some kind of magic tube by his mum, who's an evil doctor, um, and then he comes out and he's wearing like the black Superman suit, which is the same as Superman wore in Rebirth. Yeah, uh, well, well, yeah, the, but, when he came back from yeah. the dead. If only Keenan had, had also had a mullet, that would have been the best. <laughs> but I like this. I like the character of Doctor Omen. I love the. Chinese Justice League. There's a lot to really enjoy about this book. Yeah, agreed. Really, really fun. Oh, so he's just going to be wearing the black suit now. That's fun. That's cool. Real fun. But you're right. He definitely needs a mullet. Absolutely. Um, talk to me about Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. There is some quarant- There. Sorry. My words are not good today. Mm. There is an illness in Gotham that is affecting only men. So right. all of the men in Gotham have the flu and it's quite bad. So it's so, why the last man light. Yeah, exactly. So back on the birds of prey have to get together to figure out why everyone's so sick. And it's pretty much just them for most of the issue calling people and being like, are you sick? <laughs> and Nightwing's like, yes, I'm really sick. <laughs> it looks like there's a massive team up at the end though. Yeah, like then pretty much all of the female characters in the DCU team up. So like on Poison motorbikes? Ivy and Catwoman. If only they were on motorbikes. That's such a great concept. If only there were statues of that. Um, and then Batwoman shows up as well as Orphan, Spoiler, Gotham Girl, then Wonder Woman. So all all the chicks of the DCU are going to solve this man flu. Cool. Yeah. Why didn't they call it man flu? It's called manslaughter. Batman flu. Terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I still I still enjoy this book. It's good, silly, superhero fun. Um, Wonder Woman, you mentioned her by name. Let's talk about a comic. Issue number 32 came out this week. Uh, continuing the Children of the Gods storyline written by um, James Robinson. Um, with Pencils art by, by Sergio Davila yep. and inks by Scott Hanna and Mark Morales. Colors by Romulo Fayado Jr. Um, and uh, we quite enjoyed the reveal that Hercules was her brother, mm-hmm. but that was not actually the reveal. We're dummies. Oh, uh, yeah, we're dummies. Uh, of course, all of the uh, the Greek gods are her brothers and sisters. Um, this arc is all about her twin brother. Uh, and her twin brother is just some hunky dude on a fishing trawler. Yeah. Somewhere in Europe. Absolutely. But I like that he was like a hunky dude wrapped in chains. Just so you're like, ah, that's definitely Wonder Woman's brother. Was he wrapped in chains or just holding chains? Well... <laughs> You know, it was, it was, a huge it was referential. You know, you're right. He's wrapped in an anchor. He's, yeah. he's he's pulled an anchor out of out of the ocean. And you know, the smartest thing to do once you pull an anchor out of the ocean is to drape it around yourself multiple <laughs> times for some reason. Well, you're not wearing a shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, not what I was expecting. I kind of was hoping this was going to be like her kind of tracking down Hercules killers or something, which I think is going to factor in somewhat. But yeah, and you know, I really don't care about. Um, like all these supporting characters of Steve Trevor's that have like been in brought in from the movie. Like, Did you see that yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It was good. Yeah. Um, it was fine. And but it was going to happen. Yeah, it was going to happen. Absolutely. But like, I don't need James Robinson writing like awkward Scottish <laughs> dialogue and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought this is a, a bit of a step back from from that the the issue thirty one. Yeah, 
I'll still keep reading. Absolutely. Um, I read Suicide Squad this week because it's wow. a book that we just can't get rid of on this show. <laughs> um, and uh, they went to space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the end of my review. <laughs> um, uh, I also read um, Green uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, um, issue number 30. Um, oh, nice. How did it go? Well, this actually ties into oh. that weird issue of Superman in which yep. he, he was infected by Parallax and um, it was all about Sinestro's return. And um, this Oh, is actually- was it? Is Sinestro back? Uh, well, apparently, maybe. Like, it's it's still kind of vague. But cool. um, in it, like, um, Hal sees the vision of of, uh, of Parallax infected Superman and starts wall- whomping on him. And then oh. it turns out that he wasn't actually effective, infected by Parallax and he was just fighting Superman. Cool. Um, but this is the, the dumbest thing in this issue, though. Um, after, like, waking up from his, like, vision of, of like, you know, having a fight with, with Parallax... Hal Jordan goes, am I back? You turn into a damn nightmare. And Superman says, well, there's no reason to curse about it. What? What? <laughs> that's, not, that's not the, like, I know everyone wants, like, you know, the Boy Scout kind of version yeah. of Superman, but not, he's not, not that he's, much of a Boy Scout. This is, the same, this is the same Superman that would, would, have, would have dragged his son to all the War Memorial bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not my Superman. No, no good. Remember when there was, like, the cover of a Superman issue was Superman having a beer with his dad and there was like this outcry and they had to change it to explicitly say root beer. No way. So lame. That's so funny. DC. As if Superman would fucking smash a he tinny. He would absolutely smash a tinny with Clark. Let us know which beer you'd like to drink with Superman. <laughs> Serious issues at kingscomics.com. Or you can yeah, find send us. Send me an email. Yeah, send perfect. me an email about which beer you'll, you think She'll Superman check it in like. a month. <laughs> <laughs> I check it sometimes. Serious underscore underscore issues on Twitter. Let us know. Let's get this trending. Hashtag beer with soups. <laughs> but but don't spell Superman like like soups like S U P S. Spell it like beer with soups, so it looks like a recipe. Like so, beer with S O U P S. Yeah. Beer with soups. Hashtag beer with soups. What beer would you have with Superman? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna make a trend, motherfucker. <laughs> Nate trying to rob me of my dream. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about image now. Uh, we got a returning uh, issue of uh, Royal City. The uh, comic that's written and drawn by uh, Jeff Lemire. Um, that, uh, what a great issue. Uh, right. So when Mr. Miracle does it, it's depressing beyond belief. But when Jeff Lemire <laughs> does it, it's a great issue. Yes. He's a daring escape artist from the future, alternate universe, whatever. This is a slice of life. Small towns are depressing. Uh, this kid gets. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Headaches. This kid gets headaches. Yeah, really bad headaches. Sad. Um, and I, I loved it. So like, yeah, like the, the character that we know is, is dead um, <laughs> from the, from the first five issues. Um, we, from, from the very, from the very get go, you know, that this is it. This, this is the dead sibling from this troubled family. Um, we've gone back in time to him, to, to when he was alive in the nineties mm-hmm. and he has um, horrible headaches. And the only thing that gets him out of it is uh, like re- re- repeating lists in his head. So he does the, his top 10 albums of, of all time over mm-hmm. and over again to try and dry out the head- headaches. And so if you've, if you've seen on, on the stands this week, he did a bunch of um, for each issue, there's a, a variant cover. That's a, it's a based on the nineties indie album artwork. And I got, came very close to, Oh, you got a disgusting walking dead one. Yeah. That one sucks. Yeah. It does suck. <laughs> um, I almost got the uh, there's a Sonic Youth one. Ah, cool. Um, but the uh, the regular cover is just too good. That's amazing. And the back one, the back cover is the Nevermind Nirvana one, which is so great. good. Um, even though his favorite Nirvana album is Bleach, it looks like because he repeats that over and over again. Um, I thought this is really great. Yeah, like uh, this is sort of is this the beginning? This is the beginning of a new arc. That's right. So all set in the nineties. Um, we're getting like the backstories of all these characters that we already have developed opinions and feelings about and seeing them sort of 10 years. Well, no one, no one from is, this, no one from this family's had a particularly good life up to the, you know, where we're, where we're reading. Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't feel very sympathetic to anyone. And so getting to see like how they kind of got to the point that they're at is pretty, um, pretty compelling and like already sort of quite emotionally charged. Definitely. Really enjoyable. Great colors too. Absolutely. Always so beautiful. Um, yeah, this is yeah, and there's some tragic moments like, where you know where certain paths that, that you see start to happen here. You, we know where they end up. Mm. And that's always a bummer. Like you can't be like, no, don't. Oh, it's yeah, totally. Happen. It's totally gonna happen. Like we know that this is like he says in the back matter. This is like the last week of um, Tommy's life. Oh no way! Yeah. Wow, oh, that's so, crazy. Yeah, right. This arc is gonna be very charged. Maybe that's why I don't like Mister Miracle because I'm not. Makes me it makes me have too many feelings. Maybe it's actually the best comic because so it to, makes so me have Tom, too many feelings. So if Tom King said this is the last <laughs> week of, of Big Barter, you'd be prepared for it? Maybe. <laughs> no, I wouldn't read that. <laughs> no, you would have that so sad. much, yeah. Um, so also came out this week was issue three of Redlands by Geordie Belair and Vanessa Del Rey with Clayton Cowles. Oh, I love this comic. This was a great issue. Oh my god, it looks so good. It's such a beautiful book. And uh, it deals with sex in a in a in a way that you can tell is absolutely written and drawn by women. Totally. Um it's, it's not it's it's kind of it's not pervy, it's still sexy but it, when it doesn't want to be it just completely isn't absolutely is that a, a deft explanation at all but no but i know what you mean yeah yeah and also this is a comic where a dude gets his penis like savaged by a tiny little chihuahua yeah it's very a good chihuahua gets hero moment of the week there's a sexy gator man there's a lot to enjoy about this comic it's so like it's not what i expected because i think a lot of the time when you get like a book that's like ah it's about witches it gets a little bit too kind of I'm thinking of like Spell on Wheels, that Kate Leth one, where it's a little bit too like female wish fulfillment. Whereas mm-hmm. these female, like these 
witch detectives are very, very flawed and complicated and they're not like... And murderers. They're not like good witches. Yeah, yeah, totally. They're like, how do we cover up this crime that we committed? <laughs> Sexy gator man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this a lot. It's really good. It looks incredible. There's all this back matter of like fake articles about the sexy gator man and also how to uh, like quarter a deer. Yeah. Chop up a deer. Totally. Skin and... <laughs> Um, it's really I, good. Yeah, I, I, I love how like you know like what a it's not it's another great southern comic coming out from Image. Absolutely, There's quite a pantheon of them now. But uh, I also love how unafraid it is to just be completely scary and evil. Yeah, in parts, hundred percent, without it being a focus of the overall book. And there's no like, there's not really a hero. There's people that we're following, but there's not really someone that you're like, ah, they're the good guy. I'm totally. rooting for them. Totally. I love this. Great book. One of the, one of the better uh, new image books of the year so far. Agreed. Uh, the Dying and the Dead came back with issue six this week. Um, Jonathan Hickman's book um, with artist uh, Ryan Bodenheim um, and colors by Michael Garland and uh, letters by Russ Wooten, who is canonically my favorite letterer because nice. I only, always remember his name. Maybe Rachel Deering might, might have a shot at taking you the mantle because I always yeah. remember her name too. Um, but uh, yeah, th- th- this... <laughs> That's all you need to do is have a like exciting name. Well, it is, it's good lettering too, um, but uh, this is a, this is coming out a bit less sporadically now, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this kind of I was really worried that when this was going to start referencing things that happened in the first three issues, which came out well over a, a year and a half mm. ago now. Um, but there is a for the first time ever, there's a recap page in a creator-owned uh, Jonathan Hickman book. But it's like a little recap comic almost, just without words. Yeah. Very cool. It was fun, a little, little refresher. Yeah, enjoyed um, that a lot. And so this this issue is all about Emperor Hirohito and um, a deal that he is going to make with these uh, underworld figures. Mm. We also catch up with the um, the soldiers that we met in the last two issues. This is a really, really great issue. Absolutely. He's really. just, yeah, it's just like peak Hickman for me. I see. I think I personally prefer Black Monday Murders, but I find some of the themes that's going on in that maybe more interesting to me personally. But um, there's so much to enjoy about this book. Like, I love the use of color to change like the scene almost, sure. so yeah, we know definitely. what time period we're yep. dealing with. I think that's really they utilize that in a very clever way, um, and the art's so good. And it's super enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, and the, the cast of characters is excellent too. Um, I, I, we haven't caught up with the. I don't even remember the first issue was all about this. This like long, like this long con. This woman getting married and then revealing herself to be someone completely different, and then there was a bunch of murders. Oh, I don't remember yeah. that at all. I'm I, I, I wondering if we're going to catch up with those characters at any point. I'm sure we will. Yeah, I hope so. That was an incredible first issue, by the way. Dying of the Dead, very good. <coughs> um, did you read Eternal Empire this week? I did. Sarah Vaughan and Jonathan Luna, um, a book about. Um, Slaves uh, in a in a weird future society. Is a future or just another world? Just all, yeah, just fantasy world. Um, but I like this kind of fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I, is really enjoyable. I tried to read that um, other image book that had the second issue this week. Let's call like Sword and Sources or something like that. Oh, so I didn't bother. I just yeah, I, really I, was, like I, that. I read a few pages. And I'm like, this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is it's not 100 percent my thing, but I, I'm, I'm, it's quite compelling. They've developed powers because they're potentially sons and daughters of dragons. Yeah. Um, and this is like them trying to basically like uh, to save some fellow slaves, but then mm-hmm. the slaves don't necessarily want to follow them because they know how hard their lives will be. Absolutely. Um, I really like this. I think there's a couple of like slightly awkward moments of dialogue where they're kind of, the characters are really explicitly stating their motivations yes. to each other in a quite exposition-y way. Um, but I think that the world building is so strong in this, like it's such a fully realized place like there are all these weird animals that keep popping up like they get attacked by a sort of bear-sized 
bat with no wings, kind of. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Yeah, I um, there's also like on on that note about the, the kind of weird wonky dialogue and mm. stuff like that. Instead of saying one week later, it'll they'll be like, "We've been doing this for a week." Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so there are a couple of moments where you could show not tell, but I like this and I like the evil empress character. Yeah. It's pretty good fun. Totally. Um, and also dragons. Also they're, dragons. They're great. Yeah. Um, Black Science, issue number 32, came out this week, um, written by Rick Remender with art by Matteo Scalera and um, colors by Moreno Denicio. Um, and uh, this is basically everything coming to a head now for our, our main character. Um, basically, every threat he's faced or caused um, in the past is all on Earth now, and he's trying to take it down with his family one by one. Um, and then there is a total, like, oh my goodness. Uh, reveal at the very end cool. and uh, this book is as good as it's ever been and uh, well done to Remenda for maintaining such incredible momentum these last 10 or so issues and well done for you for sticking with a Remenda book it usually pays off yeah it really does the, look, the only one that I'm reading at the moment that it hasn't in a while is low but yeah. um, Black Science and Deadly Class have been re- like the best they've ever been to be mm. honest and Matteo Scalera I don't know if you've read much of his no his, his art is just phenomenal really beautiful so so good I look at that fucking cover oh my goodness yeah. cover. it's a great cover I don't think that's his... Oh, is that his artwork? Maybe. Colors are really great too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so that is an image book that I read that you didn't, but I think you read some image books that you read and I didn't. Um, I read <laughs> Retcon Issue 2 by Matt, Nix- Matt Nixon, Toby Cypress, and Matt Crotzer. Again, another one that I picked up and brought home and then read the first few pictures of it and I was like, ah, I'm good. Yeah, I don't really heaps understand what's going on in this. Some guy's like half robot, but the robot appears to be taking over him and he's doing bad things. Oh, wait, was this the one... Oh wait, I'm mixing, I'm confusing it with, an, with another image book that I didn't read. <laughs> it starts with R. The one where there was the hostage situation is that, and they have vague powers. Was that called Retcon too, or is oh that? Gosh, oh. I don't know. Retcon, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. See, like I, I, I know I just described it to you, and you were like, "What the fuck are you talking?" I about? I know, so like I clearly you, don't remember what's going I, on in anything. I don't think it's like so. I was a few pages, and I was like, "This isn't a very well put together book or something." I don't know what it is. Yeah, they're sort of um, they're trying to like. I don't really understand what they're trying to do because I like in all of the promotional material, it was very like, Oh, this is a retcon of a superhero team that you've never heard of, which like, okay, cool. But they've kind of dropped us in the middle of it and they're not doing a great job of like showing us around this world or mm. something. Um, I'm finding it quite hard to follow what's going on. There's like magician characters and yeah, it was impossible to remember who was who and, and yeah. a sexy lady two sexy ladies but we don't know what they're doing at all yet yeah i think i'm probably i really like the art in this i think it looks great but i'm probably gonna not read anymore as evidenced by how little i understand what's going on in it <laughs> um, i read the wicked and the divine issue number oh, where are we up to with this 32 um written by kieran gillan with art by jay mckelvey colors by matt wilson um and uh man i remember like a few issues ago it was like there was a big action climax, and they were like, "That's all the action you're going to see for a while now." Mm. But I feel like every issue since then has just gotten more and more crazy, and the body count has like jumped dramatically mm. um, in these last few issues, and in particular this issue as well. Um, and I just like this is this is the very very cool book about um, every cycle, um, gods are reborn um, as as like in, in in our in our generation they're pop stars. So you have these like different analogies on like. Daft Punk and Kanye West and I guess Taylor Swift as like gods, um, and uh, it's it's really really great. 
It's a great I book. And this it. issue was this issue in particular was was awesome because they're all so they're all teenagers, so they're all flawed and they're all like you know they don't think with their brains first. Like mm. it's you know they're very, a lot of them are sex driven or fame driven, and um, it's 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 a really really compelling read. And, and Jamie McKelvey is doing such incredible work at the moment. So great, and like he, and we went on about how great he is at doing fashion, mm. but and I don't know this still is part of fashion, but he's the, the hairstyles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He very often changes the hairstyles of his characters, like in you know a couple times in, in each issue, and um, like you know they'll have like big a big curly kind of like different different colored afro, and then like then the next day the next day she'll be it'll be in like this like kind of really cool plait because mm. like you can't always have this big woofy curly mm. hair and like i don't know I, I love it the ha- the hair in its best hair of the year nice easy easy win an easy win um i also read issue 4 of sacred creatures are you are you off this book i just missed one and then i'm like well, I, not, yeah. I, I was a guilty pleasure to begin with because I, yeah. I didn't find it particularly great but it's um, pretty silly this issue really ramped up in terms of silliness so it was and like boobs it looked like yeah there's so much nudity in this issue so it's kind of half still dealing with the current story where this guy's having his life fucked around by the seven deadly sins for as yet undisclosed reasons and so when we last saw them he was in hospital and his child had just been born Right. Sorry, the guy wasn't in hospital. His girlfriend was in hospital. And now we find out that the Seven Deadly Sins want to take his baby for some reason. Cool. Yeah. And so um, the sexy one, what's the sexy sin? Greed. <laughs> lust. There we go, lust. The lusty one comes into the hospital and to like make a distraction, she makes everyone get naked and start fucking all throughout the hospital. So it's just like this hospital of naked sick people having sex while this dude's in jail. Um, and then half of it is like going back in history to find out a little bit more about these characters and stuff like that. So like, I, I'm quite enjoying this book. It's really silly. Um, but it's sort of quite, it moves at a really good pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's kind of enough going on that's quite good fun. Like there's some really silly panels of like naked people all climbing over each other to try and get this baby and stuff, which is, yeah, um, you know how orgies work. <laughs> that's, that's how you win the orgy. You climb you over everyone baby. and you get the baby and then you're the winner. Oh, terrible. <laughs> um, but I, I do enjoy this book actually more than, more than I sort of gave it credit, but I, um, there is something really trashy and pulpy about it, but I still find myself enjoying sort of every page so someone um, should read it other than me could you pass me sacred creatures retcon and Batgirl and the birds of prey and you get a nice. second just so i can remember to write them in later Absolutely. um i'll talk about marvel books right now i'm going to kick things off with a book that um, i think siobhan and i are both loving i probably will put it in, our, in one of our favorites of the week uh, mm. and that is runaways issue number two um written by rambo rowell with the, the, the best creator name of the year as well Giving away lots of lots of very specific awards, um, and uh, art by Chris Anker and again Matthew Wilson. Matthew Wilson had a great week. Yeah, you couldn't have, you could not have put together a better team to relaunch Runaways. Have you read I anything think. by Ram- Rambo Rowell? No, because she's just like a YA writer, right? Yep. So I, which stands for Young Adult, not yes. Young Avengers. Yes, I consider Although myself an she old. should be. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I consider myself an old adult, so I no longer o- read OA. YA. OA books. <laughs> um, but I will read the hell out of a young adult superhero team, and this is a really good fun one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know we, we weren't massive fans of um, uh, was it Gabby Riviera's work on um, the America yeah. book. Just it just felt like uh, there was so many cool ideas in it, and I love the character, but I just think um, it was too many cool ideas without yeah. the kind of 
comic craft to kind of pull it off, even though working with a great artist like Joe Quinones, it just um, didn't really come together for me. Absolutely. And so I was a bit skeptical of another YA writer making a comic book debut on, mm-hmm. a, on, a, on a franchise I love, The Runaways. Um, we loved issue one and issue two just built on it and more. Absolutely. Um, so uh, Chase um, and Nico have uh, brought back to life um, a character who died um, in, you know, Midway through, midway through Brian K. Vaughan's Runaways run, mm-hmm. um, and she come is, is back now and is like, well, where are the rest of the Runaways? Yeah, and they have to explain to her that like, even though she sacrificed herself to save them, they've just drifted apart. They've just apart. I mean, like, to, to their credit, in in the story, it's only been two years, but really, mm. it's been like over a decade. Yeah. So it, it's 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 it, it would be hilarious if they were like, where are the rest of the runaways? And we're like, oh, well, Marvel fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> they never really assigned a good writer to this book, and they just kind of let all the pieces fall to the wayside, and they killed a bunch of us in some completely unrelated material. Yeah. Yeah, like the bit where they're like, she's like, so what have you guys been doing? And they're like, oh, we got taken to Murder World, and like never go into more detail. And everyone's like, Murder World, what? I can understand why they wouldn't want to talk about that that. Absolutely. Uh, that story though that was a rough story arc. it's good though um but we see uh the re- the, the return of old lace yep fantastic uh Dino. dinosaur um and also the head of victor uh, uh, yes totally um which was a great great reveal as well Absolutely. um because we weren't really sure what happened to him at the end of uh vision mm-hmm. um and uh look, i mean i think hopefully we are going to see like a fully reteamed up Runaways. Yeah, they even reference the girl that was introduced that they, they adopted in the um, Joss Whedon run. Did you oh, read that? I never read. They Joss went Whedon back one. in time, and then they came. They adopted a girl that they met oh, back in time. Terrible. What was it? Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, so, and we get to see Molly, everyone's favorite Molly, and see what she's up to, which is really cool. And Molly's nice. the best. Molly's the best. Runaways. When Molly, that was like one of the best. So you haven't read Whedon's run? No. The best thing that happened in Whedon's run was. Um, uh, Molly took on the Punisher. Oh, cute. Which is really, really funny. That sounds cute. Yeah. Um, did you know Rainbow Rowell has one of the most banned books in really? the United States? Because it's like uh, super gay. Oh, right. Yeah. Cool. What, what book uh, is it? I don't know. Whatever her... Is it called whatever, Super Gay? <laughs> whatever her book is that is successful. It's banned in all the libraries. Um, now, Siobhan, it was a massive week of comics this week, especially mm. for Marvel. I've got another fucking 15 Marvel books in front of me again. And I always let this book fall to the wayside because Yay. I always know that... You know, I'm going to love it and say exactly the same things. But this week I read The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, issue number issue number 25, uh, written by Ryan North, Erica Henderson, and Rico Renzi on colors. Um, and uh, I just want to shout out the cover, first and foremost, mm-hmm. for another great use of uh, word balloons. Yep. It says, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl will die in Ultron's jaws. And then Squirrel Girl says, Don't you mean the 2017 Eisner Award winning best comic for teens, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl will die in Ultron's jaws? And then Ultron says, Clearly the answer is no. Classic. Ultron, Classic North. Ultron is a dinosaur in this issue. Yeah. And um, in this run, this mm-hmm. little this little uh, storyline. Um, and Ultron has never been funnier. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I love that. I've, I've realized that they they have like taken on a lot of the the biggest kind of villains in in Marvel lore through this book. Um, well, not, not even just the biggest, kind of like the most kind of like the old kind of classic. Mm. We've got Mole Man. We got Craven. Craven. Yeah, Craven is like a recurring character. We've had Doom. We've had. Um, Lots of lots of great villains, and I love this take on Ultron is excellent. Absolutely, and they did some like I love how unafraid Ryan North is to just throw some shit in there. Like now, Squirrel Girl, or maybe she always did, and they've just brought it back. But she has like almost like Wolverine bone claws, but it's just like one short stubby claw. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that she, comes out through her fist, and she doesn't use it because she doesn't like to hurt people. Yeah, it's yeah. 
like ugh, this book is so endlessly like charming and funny and smart and so like I want to give this to every sort of nerdy preteen that I know um there's so much to love about this. And Erica Henderson draws a surprisingly sexy Craven. <laughs> There's a bit of reason being held in his... Yeah. I date Craven. Yeah. How do we get it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Inhumans, Once and Future Kings, issue number three, written by Christopher P- Priest with um, Phil Noto. Um, There's actually contained a backup by the aforementioned Ryan North mm-hmm. um, and um, art by... Um, what's his name? Duarte. We'll get to that later. Mm. <clears throat> um, but this is the kind of like how all the uh, the royal family of the Inhumans came to be. Um, the only complaint I have of this is like I have trouble telling some of the characters apart because of Phil Noto's art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're all uh, just kind of like... He's great at clothes, but everyone's kind of got the same face. And they're all, you know, like, like a handsome Anglo-Saxon mm. men. Yes. One of them has no hair, but he wears a hat and some of the other characters wear hats. So it's like, yeah. which one's that again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember which one is Karnak. <laughs> yeah, I think Karnak's bald. Really? Okay. Is it that one? Okay, I maybe that was it Karnak. is. Yeah, right, I don't know. Um, but I love seeing all of the when they were kids stuff. Yeah. When they were younger, we get a really interesting take on um, Karnak and um, and uh, what's the guy who's a fish? Triton. Triton and um, and Crystal and uh, her connection to um, Lockjaw is really cute too. And like baby Lockjaw is so cute. So cute. Is they are uh, actually I was in, I was going to say it for new releases. But this week, the uh, the plush version of Lockjaw comes comes out. You can pick that up at King's Comics. Absolutely, unless Lynn buys them all. <laughs> she already has possible. one. Um, oh yeah, you know, yeah. George brought her back one from from, like, from uh, Comic Con. I miss my cute workplace. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy this. I think it, it, it's it's so well written, mm. and it, it, the art's beautiful. But yeah, it, it just is occasionally difficult to tell who's who. There is something slightly weird about the fact that this is like a teen Medusa who still has her like sexy pheromone powers. And so she's like, all these dudes want to fuck me. And he's like, well, it's because you have sexy pheromones, teen Medusa. (laughs) Not to mention that thing you do with your hair. Mm. That's the line. Creepy. Um, But the the end of this issue sees them uh, encountering Spider-Man for the first time and assuming that he's an inhuman just like they are. Mm. Did you enjoy the backup uh, Lockjaw comic written by Ryan North with art by Gustavo Duarte? I sure did. It was very cute. Yep. It was a sandcastle competition. Lockjaw chases Squirrel Girl. Cute. Very good. Um, speaking of The Amazing Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man, I read an issue of it. Hey, same. Issue number 789, which is a legacy book, The Fall of Parker, Part 1. Uh, all of Parker Industries is turned to shit after um, his allegiance with Captain America during Secret Empire. Is that why? I guess so. Uh, it's like, it was... This- I don't know. I can't really remember what happened. Everything went to shit. When a villain threatened to twist everything Peter had built for selfish and evil means, Peter had to destroy his company. There you go. And so everyone's out of jobs. No one's phones work. Stuff like that. Lots of cons. But pro, he's he's doing it with Mockingbird. That is a big pro. For him. For him, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) She could do way better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I sort of like this because it brings back that, like, old Parker luck. Like, Peter's kind of a bit useless at... I think in my favorite Spider-Man stories. Um, and so in this, he's just kind of like hanging on Bobby's couch and she's like, can you at least do some washing? And he's like, nah, I can't. I'm too depressed. He started taking to wearing her clothes. So in this issue, he's wearing the Ask Me About My Feminist Agenda t-shirt. Yeah, it was pretty cute. Pretty funny. I also love that, 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 that picture of him kind of like sprawled out on the couch surrounded by a mess. Mm. I was looking at all the mess on the table and I thought he had a bong, but it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> test. Like it's like a test, like a beaker with the chemicals. Ah, that would have been way You funnier. could still do cones through it. 
Let's I just say, you could. I, I, I'm going to go with bong. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel put a bong in their comic? Oh, my goodness. But where, like, Falcon was just kind of, like, grim and bleak the entire way through and at mm. no point did he have, like, a, a win or put a smile on his face, I like that, you know, Peter Parker's world's turned to shit, but he still is, like, you know, happy-go-lucky Peter at the end of the issue because yeah. he's still... He's, he can still be Spider-Man. Yeah. At the end of it. Um. Yeah, I, I, it certainly wasn't the strongest issue, but hey, put Stuart Eamon in on it. I'll, I'll read, read it. anything. <laughs> um, I read issue 287 of Deadpool, which is now called The Despicable Deadpool. Oh. and Because he's back to his Merc ways. Right. Um, and this is was a, was a really fun kind of um, uh, Deadpool versus Cable issue. Um, and it used, you know how Cable has like the AI unit who talks to him via the tattoo on his arm? Sort of. Um, yeah, it had her as like the third character in this right. battle. Um, and it was, it was really, it was fun, but this, yeah, this ain't like the super fun, wise, cracky Deadpool anymore. He, right. He's mostly just kind of like, I'm going to kill you. All right. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know. Like, yeah, he, he's been put up to it by striker or someone strife by strife. Who's uh, the clone of cable or some bullshit. Good Lord. It's, it's fun. It's super fun. Stupid convoluted X-Men stuff done. Right. Nice. Yeah. Gary, Jerry Duggan doing great job with um, art by, um, Scott Coblish and Nick Filardi. Yes. Pick a um, comic, speaking any of comic. X-Men, I read X-Men Blue issue Me too. 13, Mojo Worldwide <laughs> Part 2, written by Colin Bunn with art by Jorge Molina. It's the greatest hits of the X-Men. Yeah, apparently. Except, so it's just... that, except there's a character called Bloodstorm in it, who I've never heard of, but don't worry about it, everyone, she dies. Yeah, yeah, done. <laughs> who the fuck is Bloodstorm? She's it's just like an Archangel. alternate universe um, Storm who's a vampire. Why is she in this comic? Because she came through in the last arc for some reason. I can't right. really remember why. Well, she did. She did. It doesn't matter. I like how X-Men are like, ah, bold new direction. And then they're like, but let's just go back and do all the stuff that everyone already likes. But more boldly and new. And everyone's and in a young again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is kind of like the team's been split up into different mojos universes but it's in our world now not in the mojo verse and so everyone's just watching on tv as the x-men are like killed yeah and i was like oh this is a bit whatever and then suddenly Lock- long shot shows up and i was yeah. like oh this is great i love long shot <laughs> that's all it takes guys put long shot or detective chimp in anything and we'll read it <laughs> or make long shot a monkey make long shot a monkey again um so yeah that that's was fine yeah, it's fine. Absolutely. It's a it's an extremely readable X Men book. Yeah, I'll keep what, reading. What more can Although there was the the drawing of um Jean at one point. I don't know why Jean Grey, but it, like everyone gets kind of given new costumes. Yeah, and she's wearing like the most weird costume, and you could pretty much see her vagina. On, yeah. On... <laughs> wow, that's very yeah. Looks like Jean joined the Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> good, good, good plug. Um, the Defenders this week, um, issue number six, written by Brian Bendis with David Marquez and um, uh, Justin Ponzo on colors. Um, this was a, a very brilliantly drawn issue. Like Marquez mm. just gets better and better with this. Yeah. Like so many great spreads and action sequences. Like fucking look at uh, that. Beautiful. Great That's colors too. And I was a bit worried when I saw the front cover because it's like Deadpool's in it. And I was like, oh, no, I, I don't want to oh, see Bendis' no. take on Deadpool. Bendis' take on Deadpool was really good. Oh. <laughs> For one, he was he, he's like, it looks really fat and he's eating a burger. Um, Jessica Jones hires him um, and he's wearing a Netflix hoodie. 
because they're the defenders team. I don't right. know. It was yeah, like a, 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 a bit a of meta commentary. Joke. Like, and it worked. Yeah. Are you secretly being paid by Bendis? I'm just. Are you secretly Bendis? I, I'm just. I'm. 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 I'm okay with these comics at this point in time. He's <laughs> and it, which only means he's going to fuck me worse than he's ever fucked me before. Hot. Um, and uh, I, I hope he's a member of the Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a, looks like Kingpin is going to play a big role in the next, in the next few issues. Cool. So that's fun. Yeah. And, uh, Black Cat, who I presume was dead, is not. She's never dead. She's never dead. Can't kill Black Cat. She's got nine lives. That's right. Um, Uncanny Avengers, issue number 28. Um, we were very excited about this because the boys are back in town, Siobhan. The boys are back the in town. The team up of Wonder Man and Beast that we've always wanted was so much better than I thought it could be. <laughs> they they meet up and have, have some beers. They just have some, some beers. Few cheeky brews with the boys. I love it when they try and condense the last like 10 years of what's happened like to Hank McCoy in years, like yeah. one page and then the same for Wonder Man and they've both had like really convoluted stuff happen to them in the last couple of years. Um that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, I also love that they always find a way to um, to bankroll the Avengers teams. Yeah. So um, Johnny Storm, who's in this team, uh, he, he's just found out that he is he basically is the owner of every patented device and technology by uh, everything that Reed Richards invented. Basically, he's mm. the heir to all the money made from it. He's the next in line. Turns <clears> out. Tons. Reed was a capitalist yeah. son of a bitch. Um, so yeah, it's 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 well into the billions. Yeah, and there was like like I like how, I like how relationship based this Avengers book is. Like half of it is you know Hank McCoy and Wonder Man going on a date, and then Janet and Rogue go and get coffee and talk about leadership, and then we see Quicksilver on a date with Synapse, and then at the end Juggernaut attacks. Like it's that's that's kind of what I want. Yeah, me too. I, I love the the the, the um, relationship side of this book. Absolutely, and the art's really nice. Yeah, Jim Zub is doing a great job, and um and what's his name? Scott Isaacs. It's Scott. Sean. Sean Isaacs. Sean Isaacs. And Tamara Bonvian. Of course, it's Tamara yeah. Bonvian. That's why the colors are so goddamn beautiful. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Fun book. Great book. I I was really worried about it when Jerry Duggan left, but I, I almost kind of like it more at, the, at this point. Mm. Um, I've, I I said that I would read all of the legacy books when like all the first issues of them now that they're back, which meant I read a bunch of ones that we were like, I'm not reading this shit anymore. Oh, cool! And uh, the funniest of those, I read a Gwenpool book. Amazing! How was it? Uh, written still written by Christopher Hastings, um, still art uh, by uh, Guru Hiru, um, and I think that they're, they're a bit more in control of what they want the character to do. Um, I just don't think that the conceit of this like someone from our world being in the marvel universe and knowing that it's a comic book i don't think that's particularly interesting yeah especially for a main character um there are some funny gags in it and i love what her hair looks like when she's not wearing her costume mm. have you oh, seen what does it? it look like? like she's just like blonde with like pink pink tips oh yeah yeah it's cute it's, it's super cute but yeah and it has like a she she kind of get, is able to get rid of villains by just throwing them off the page. Mm. So she's like she's just removed Pace Pot Pete from the page. That's fun, which is fun. But I, overall, I just don't find this kind of concept compelling at all. Mm. So I, I won't be reading anymore. But it was fun to check in. It's you know it's still a, it's still a well written book. I just don't think it has legs to stand on. But yeah. I, you know she has fans. Totally, it's fine. Um, another book which I think I think I might finally be I think I might finally be off. Um, the Hulk. Yeah, I, 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 picked, I picked this one up too. This was, this was fucking yeah. hard. Issue 11 by um, Mariko Tamaki with art by Bakan, Bakchan, whatever. This was like a total shift in tone from the rest of the Hulk book, which we all, like, 
it seemed like it was her dealing with the death of her cousin. I actually just realized that I stopped reading this halfway through because it, it did so get much. better when it, um, so basically there's like a, a romance issue um, where she goes on a date um, and That's it's very fourth wall breaky, for which no is reason. not what she Hulk should be. No. Um, well, like, like, I mean, she Hulk has been a comedy book in the past, but like not like this. And I don't think it worked at all. Um, but in the end, it turns out her date is like a robot and she's surrounded by robots and she just starts just hulking out and busting up all the robots. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the art was like extra goofy. It kind of reminded me of Chew. Totally. Um, which I don't think fit the, the tone of the book very well. I guess it t- fit the, the tone of this issue, but I don't know. Stop me from enjoying it. But the next issue of, of Hulk actually becomes She-Hulk. Oh. Issue number 159. Still written by Tamaki. Um, but um, it's going to be... Jen the, Walters Must Die Part 1. And the mm. leader is around mm. as well. Uh, I think I'm I think I'm out. I'm, 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 I have to. I've, I've sworn myself into this. I'll read the next issue. Nice. Um, I Oh, we both did. Great. Because yeah. we both kind of teetered off this. But we, yeah. This is, a, this is a great issue to come back in on to uh, All New Wolverine, issue number 25, written by Tom Taylor, um, with art by Juan Cabal and colors by Nolan Wooded. Um, this saw um, Laura... Well, actually, the coolest thing about this was the return of Dakin. I've always said Dakin. Dakin? Dakin, like Taken. Mm, exactly. Right, I give it to you. Um, but uh, and I really enjoyed that. He gets kind of taken out by this mysterious uh, bar full of people who call themselves the Orphans of X. And um, it's up to Laura um, to basically track him down. And yeah. she returns to the facility that created her. Um, which is, you know, something that I feel like the, the X-23 has done heaps of times, it feels like, or at least returned to, like, horrible part moments from her past to try and kind of mm. take them on and be be bigger than the event that made her. Um, but she's there's a family reunion at the end that I was not expecting. Yeah, absolutely. Cool issue. Good luck. I, I loved this issue. I yep. thought this was really solid. But, like, I'm, I'm excited for the return of regular Wolverine, because I like Wolverine, but I hope that X23 gets her own book long I mean, term. Yeah, she doesn't. I know, like, it, taking the title away from her is, is you know, reducing her somewhat, but she hasn't really ever felt like Wolverine at all. This book has always felt like her book. Yeah, totally. She hasn't been on any teams as Wolverine because yeah. they brought fucking old man Logan back, too. Yeah. She's um, Laura more than anything else in this book. Yeah, totally. And I love that. Like, I think. They've done like who would have thought that the female clone of Wolverine would be such a compelling character so long after she's she was an created. excellent character. I love Gabby. I love um, what's the actual Wolverine's name? Roger or something? What the actual Wolverine? There's oh a, right, right, right. Like Sorry, the, the actual <laughs> the animal Wolverine. What's his name? Like Jeffrey or something? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> but yes, and like I love that they're bringing in Dakin. This whole sequence with Dakin in the bar was like excellent. Definitely a great He's such cover a good too. character. He's an excellent character. He's so nuanced. And Jonathan is the name of the Wolverine. Jonathan, there we go. Um, yeah, great issue, and I, I I am a bit concerned about what they're going to do with her. I, I actually would not be against her just having an X twenty three book. No, not at My all. My main fear is that she just won't have a book. Yeah, but yeah, I hope she was also like one of the best things her. about um, Avengers Arena too. Absolutely, God, um, I love that series. Such a good, I mean, I, I'm due for a reread of that. I think. Yeah, bring back some of those characters. Um, I uh, I read the uh, third issue of Zombies Assemble Two. Oh yeah. Um, written by Kamiyama and Jim Zub. Um, this is the uh, anim- the the manga. Um based off of like the film version of Avengers, except there's zombies. Um, and it's fun. At one point, the main bad guy turns into like the, most, the one of the most hideous monsters I've ever seen in a Marvel book. Cool. I'm going to find you the image and you can make a noise that will describe what he looks like. 
to our listeners that they don't even feel like they need to see it. Um, where's that fucking picture? Man, he looks real, dis- real disgusting. Here we go. Look at that. Ooh. Oh, that was disgusting. That's good. <laughs> it's kind of like half Akira ish, but then with spikes. Yeah. And a furry hand. Pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, this is still very much exactly the same thing that it's always been. Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah, great. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out to this came out a few weeks ago, but we only just got the issue into Kings uh, last week because of Diamond being fucking dumb. Fucking Diamond. Uh, more like Dumbmond. Nice. Uh, Nick Fury, issue number six, is the final issue of this series, written by James Robertson with art by Aiko. Um, and uh, this was like a. It, it, look, it split, it split the serious issues crew. Yeah. I was a big fan of these kind of very like big and silly spy comics where Nick Fury Jr. had pretty much everything he needed in his eye patch to mm. solve every crime and was never he you know never really lost anything there was never really any chance of him ever getting hurt or or not you know cracking the case but I kind of once that happened in the first issue I just knew what I was expecting for each issue and I really enjoyed the mm. the fun run I just especially loved how dynamic and cool um Echo's artwork and panel layout and structure was in these issues and uh this last one was maybe maybe the weakest story of the of all six issues but i think uh i'm definitely going to pick up the trade when it comes out because it'll be nice to have all these collected in the one book good work it's it's totally the most baffling thing about this book is that they didn't put it out sooner Mm. like i feel like when everyone was really upset about nick fury jr being the nick fury now yeah they should just put this out there like here's some stories featuring this character you'll love him yeah yeah, but instead they waited to a point where everyone's like i'm not picking up that yeah i don't (laughs) care about this guy anymore yeah exactly shield doesn't even exist so those are our marvel reviews our image reviews our dc reviews our number one reviews there's one thing left siobhan everything else other publishers and let's kick things off with uh three boom books four boom four books. boom books wow big boom week yeah um and uh, i'll kick it off with my favorite boom book this week one of my favorite books mech cadet you written by greg pack with art by takeshi miyazawa colors by triona farrell um this is a killer book uh agreed about mechs um it's a you know big tribute to everything from like gundam to to voltron Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's about a kid who, uh, in, in a world where basically every year a bunch of mechs come down from space and choose a young person who's training uh, to basically be their commander, mm-hmm. to live inside them and fight wars with them. And um, the you is a is the a young boy who's the son of a of of the kind of maintenance worker mm-hmm. um, who who works at the uh, place, the place where all, they're all cadets. Called cadets. And um, I'm sure that's got a proper term that everyone knows the name of that I've forgotten. Um, and uh, he basically has a lot, to, a lot to live up to. Yeah. And no one it takes him very seriously. But um, they're all at war now with these aliens called the Sharg. They're and, like cool crab dudes. Yeah. Giant crabs. Super like, you know. Um, Kaiju-esque. Kaiju is the word I was looking for. Thank you. Another word to add to my words that I always forget. <laughs> Kaiju list. Um, I love this issue. Yeah, the, this uh, book is so good, guys. It's so good. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping every issue of this to, to give to my son when he is, what, nice. six? That's a yeah, good, yeah. good age to read this comic. Absolutely. But it's also like an all-ages comic that is genuinely all-ages. Like, it's just, there's enough, com- the drama is really, it really grabs you. The, the It's so well put together. Like, mm-hmm. um, when when the, the, the kids are in the, the giant robot mechs, you can tell who's talking because it cuts to the interior, just their faces, mm-hmm. and it's all color coded too. Each mon- mm-hmm. each each robot has a different color, and so their 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 word balloon that their faces inside is that that same color. It's a really simple but effective way to show something that could become very quite confusing. 
yeah and this is like inc- like it's incredibly sweet it deals with sort of friendship bullying all like you know the sense of being other um racism a whole bunch of stuff like but in a really sweet fun compelling way um i love this I love this book. Yeah, the only I'm, I'm very it's very strange that this isn't a boombox book, which is their um, booms kind of all ages imprint. But is all is that more of an all ages and kind of queerish imprint? Boombox? I don't know. I would. I, I mean, I'd almost say that this was like more teen right, than sure. um, really young. So maybe that's why it's not in the boombox imprint. But it definitely could be for all ages. I think you read a boombox book this week. One that, one that I'm already regretting dropping because I did like this book a lot, but it just was a, failed to fail to convince me that uh, roller derby's roller cool. derby's was was like well not not cool just like not the most dangerous hurty thing in the world. Yeah, and totally. And this issue, like <laughs> the whole time I was reading, it, I was thinking about what you said when we reviewed the last issue, which is like, why does anyone do roller derby? Like nothing in this book convinces me that it's fun to do because everyone's just having constant dramas and it's like they go through all of the injuries that they have in this issue and it's like horrible horrible shit and why would you ever do this this isn't something that you're paid to do it doesn't seem fun yeah and it was just sort of like well i don't really get the central conceit of this book that brings all these characters together and i still can't really tell who all the characters are there's all this drama and i'm sort of like i don't really know what's going on in any of it um pre- but i still quite like it Previous guest of Serious Issues uh, actually did an episode with me when I was at Junket, like a, almost exactly a year ago. Oh, yeah. Um, Jordan Raskopoulos. Yep, yep, yep. She competed in a roller derby over the weekend. Oh, no way. We should totally talk to her about, maybe we should get her to read. Oh, for our live episode. That's yes. a great guest for our live episode. Absolutely. Great call. Okay, cool. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll get in touch with her um, <laughs> now. By the way, we have to talk about it now. Yeah. We're doing a live episode. On yeah. the 26th of November. So with... it's the 29th, no? Yes, it's the 29th. Sorry. Sorry. Six upside down is a nine. There's an extra special... It's a little bonus bit trick. of uh, information for you. Wednesday, the 29th of November, as part of Planet Broadcasting's uh, double header series in which uh, two Planet Broadcasting podcasts go head-to-head at Cake Wines in Sydney. Um, and our tickets are on sale now. They're 25 bucks. Uh, do go on a headlining and we are opening. We're going to do a... I know we're going to pick some comics that we've really liked or really hated from the mm-hmm. last few years and then get friends, maybe they're comic book fans, maybe they never read comics ever when we think their insight to these comics would be quite fun. Um, so, But I think, yeah, I'll, I'll write to Jordan because Jordan was a great guest when she was on yeah. that Junket episode and it would be really fun to talk to someone about roller derby. Yeah, that would be good fun. I'd enjoy that. Yeah, someone sell me on roller derby because so far it just seems hurty and emotionally difficult. <laughs> Um, also through Boom this week was uh, the return of one of our favourite series of the year, Grass Kings, written by Matt Kent with art by Tyler Jenkins. Uh, this is about, um, similar to another book that I'm about to talk about, Briggsland. This is about a uh, like a closed-off community that exists. It's a sovereign nation mm-hmm. um, called the Grassland Kingdom, the Grass Kingdom, whatever it is. But um, this is also a murder mystery book now. Yeah. Um, as uh, basically all these people that lived in Grass Kingdom, they're... they're there's a murderer in their ranks, and so um, the two brothers that live in the kingdom kind of run the kingdom, uh, interviewing all these people that they've known forever and trying to get to the bottom, get some clues as to who this murderer could be. And this issue basically goes into the history of one of the characters that we've seen throughout this whole thing. Uh, um, I didn't realize that he was supposed to be a sort of Inuit character yep. called Pike, um, but I, I really enjoyed this issue as like yeah, a little too. 
standalone <coughs> story of someone, but then also tying into the broader Grass Kings um, story. This is a lot like what um, Matt Kitten is doing right now in his depth book, uh, where right, he's okay. just taking a, one, of the, one of the characters and you get like a one shot on their history with the uh, with Department H. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they might do, be doing a similar thing in Grass Kings now, and I'm all for it. He's great at telling one shots about one character from, from the background. Yeah, great book. Tyler Jenkins' art's the best. It's an awesome, awesome book. Absolutely. Um, we got issue two of Lazaretto. <laughs> um, earlier, um, Siobhan mentioned having an orgy in a hospital. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where people are sick. Yep. Um, but uh, this is about a bunch of sick people trying, trying. to have an orgy <laughs> on a, on, in a college dorm. Um, as a, uh, a virus, there's a big outbreak of a virus. And so they've all been kind of uh, sanctioned off from the rest of the world mm-hmm. in a... Um, in a quarantine that's tent. That's right. Another fucking word to add to the list. <laughs> um, this, this is, is written- the Tired Parents comic Yeah, book. that's right. Um, this is written by <laughs> sure. Clay McLeod Chapman, um, illustrations by Jay Levang. Um, and uh, this is like, it's a fun little insight into... Teenager, I think it nails like the teenage voices yeah, really absolutely. well. Yeah, absolutely. These sort of college freshmen who are all just like so, so horny. Yeah, and it hasn't quite gotten to horror yet, but it's yeah. gotten awful close. Yeah, totally. And I, th- and I like that this kind of deals with problems that are actually happening on sort of college campuses like date rape, etc. But within the context of this kind of really gross, almost zombie-esque quarantine thing. Did you ever see the movie Cabin Fever? No, um, it's like an Eli Roth movie, I think it okay. was. But I, it, it, and it's in, it's a horror movie, but the the killer is a flesh eating virus. Ah, cool. I really loved that movie when I was a kid. I wonder if it's still good, or mm. maybe it's really homophobic and racist now. <laughs> I hate it when you like revisit something. I rewatched um, the Mask of Zorro for the first time since I was like ten or something, and that was like I was like, ah, oh, Antonio Antonio Banderas is so hot. Um, and I rewatched it. Still good, guys. Still a great. Oh, movie. thank goodness. I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> Um, um, yeah. I love this comic though. Lazaretto's great. It's super good. Again, art is actually quite similar to that um that image book we said we loved so much earlier on in the show. The new Justin Jordan one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah similar similar colour. Similar vibe. Yeah. Similar colour palette. Um A lot more blood and, and vomit though. Yeah, really vomity and gross and our, our two leads are so um Innocent. relatable and sweet. And yeah, awesome. definitely. I loved it. So great. Um Briggsland, Lone Wolves issue number five came out this week. And I really want to talk about the last issue of this, issue four, um, which was a one-shot. I didn't get to talk about it because I read, only read it in the last week. Um, right. One-shot um, focusing on um, one of the brothers, one of the Briggs brothers' wives, um, basically like supporting a, one of the other younger people, young, younger women in the um, community um, in her decision to have an abortion. Right. Um, and the art was on that one was by Vanessa Del Rey, okay. who we really enjoy on... Um, Redlands. Redlands, that's right. And um, it was an excellent, excellent issue. Mm. Like one of the better one-shots I've read this year. And I was hoping that we would maybe see more of those characters this issue or at least more one-shots from other people in, in the Briggs community. But <clears throat> this um, kind of picks off um, back with the, with, the, with the main family as they face um, the, the husband who's in jail sending right. threats to them. And still interesting. The art was by another guest artist called Werther Deladra. And I didn't like it as much as Max Shader's work, but it's still good. Yeah, this series is still good. Mm. Um, we should end on Ghost Money. Okay. Yeah. So I'll talk about your pal Archie number three. You should be fucking reading I this. Know. You're such a duffer. I'm such a duffer, guys. <laughs> She's a guaranteed certified duffer. Uh, written by Dan <laughs> Parent and um, Ty Templeton. Sorry, the, the story is by is by Ty Templeton, and he does the inks, and the art is by Dan Parent. 
and I think you would like Dan Parent's art. I know you haven't in the past, yeah. but I think this is actually quite good. I know his his fashion is shit, mm. but the majority of these stories they're in like their sports uniforms anyway. Right, okay, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. That's but fine. it's it's like just this is real like like slightly modernized like screwball Archie strips. Yeah. So in the first story, um, Reggie bumps his head while playing football and is now really nice to everyone. Amazing. Classic. Um, and everyone is all on board this new Reggie except Archie. Um, and this Reggie's like, oh, um, you're my best friend. Let's go buy friendship bracelets. <laughs> um, great. Uh, and then the second story is... Um, <laughs> There's something that I weirdly hate, though, about them kind of taking the classic, like, Dan DiCarlo version of the characters and then giving Archie, like, cool wavy hair. I want those two weird balls on top of his head on nothing. All right, guys? <laughs> Um, look, at least Jughead still has a needle nose. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, and then the um, the second story is called Dislodged, and it's this like you know Good. comedy of errors of just like um, one thing leading to another of all these t- terrible mistakes that Archie has caused all this havoc in the Lodge household, and he ends up getting banned from the Lodge household, and we get it to be continued. Oh wow! I, I love this book. I yeah, think it's really, that really does great. sound like way more in line with the sort of classic gag strip style of Archie, yeah, which is what it's I real fun. Really do love. Awesome. So the final comic we're going to talk about today is Ghost Money, issue number three of ten. Um, this is a, uh, a Lion Forge joint, um, one of our favorite publishers of the year, written by Terry Smolderin, um, art by him too, I think colors no. by... No. Illustrated sorry. by Dominique Bertel. Yeah, Dominique Bertel. Um, yeah, written by Terry Smolderin. Um, and this is uh, getting more and more convoluted as it yeah. continues. <clears throat> but it's still pretty, pretty easy to follow. Yeah, like if we tried to explain it, it's like... Someone who financially prospered after nine eleven, yep, um, is being targeted by a secret, like you know, FBI, CIA style mm-hmm. organization, uh, because they think that they were that they made money off nine eleven, basically. Yep. Um, this and by 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 playing the stocks right, mm-hmm. knowing that nine eleven was going to happen, and um, yeah, the the the, the person they're targeting is this um <clears throat> young. Um, Sexy poet. Yeah, she's a billionaire and she is dating someone who is... Oh, he's the poet, sorry. Yeah, he's the poet. But she's she's starting to see someone who is uh, trying to start a kind of new world mm-hmm. leaders of all people in, in the Arab countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also see a lot of this from the point of view of someone who's fallen in love with this billionaire woman mm. uh, after meeting her at a, um, a protest. Yeah, and... We- on top of this, the evil FBI-esque yes. guys have done some crazy surgery on the rich woman so that they can literally see through her eyes. And hear what she hears too. Yeah. like, And that sounds really complicated and annoying and not very interesting, but this book is really, really readable. It's really good fun. Um, the art's great. You really can follow what's going on really easily. Yeah. It's an excellent, excellent book. Ghost I Money. I agree. Um, you can only get it in single-issue format at the moment, too. It's an excellent translation. Yeah. Um, and, and another great example of a great Lion Forge book that you should all be reading. Good job, Lion Forge. Um, that is all the reviews for, for this week. And um, Shatterstar appears to be, like, finally awake and, and, and ready to annoy you. Yeah. So if you want to go to him, I can just say which uh, issues everyone should take, keep an eye out for this nice, week. Thanks. Um, there is a new hardcover book called um, the Sto- A Story of Men which looks really cool. Go check it out. Um, Animosity returns with a new one-shot, which is bizarre. Um, we get a new Batman um, 
Dark Knight's tie-in called The Drowned. Finally get this great one, which is the Aquaman, evil Aquaman version of Batman. Sexy lady evil Aquaman. That's right. Very important to, to, uh, to point out. Um, we get a, uh, a new horror anthology called Behind You. Oh, cool. Which looks pretty neat. Um, Declan Shalvey is back uh, as a writer. Woo! His first thing as a writer, like ongoing as a writer for Marvel for Old Man, sorry, Deadpool versus Old Man Logan. Oh, okay. I saw some preview pages for it on Twitter mm. this week. They're actually really funny. Cool. It's I'll, just I'll totally check Deadpool that out. and Old, Old Man Logan just getting hit, just smashed by vehicles like that someone's throwing at them from the sky Fun. repeatedly. Yeah, pretty fun stuff. Uh, we get the final issue of the Valiant series Faith and the Future Force. Um, Cable has the its 150th issue. Um, and the Incredible Hulk returns with its 709th issue. Wow. Invincible Iron Man, 593rd issue. And Mighty Thor gets that 700th issue spectacular that we've cool. been looking forward to. That has art from so many people that we love and um, a, a big, big story from Jason Aaron um, that I'm super excited to see what the future of Jane Foster is. Yeah. And uh, also cautious. Um, the most bizarre release of next week is Rugrats issue number one. Okay, I'm genuinely excited about that. When I saw, um, I can't remember because who's publishing is it? Is it uh, Boom? Boom yep. Yeah, I saw um, like an interview in the back because it's being written by who? I didn't not see, but you can, the Boom books are just, just under there on the little page. You can try and find it. Were you a Rugrats fan growing up? I really was. Klasky <laughs> Scooper girl. Yep, absolutely, exactly. Nickelodeon. Yep. Um, I had like a computer game. Of Rugrats that really? I played. I reckon a it's going to be at the, either the back of Slam or Mech, Mech Cadet U. Here we go. Here we go. Um, so it's being written by Box Brown. Oh, fucking awesome! Who we talked by about? Lisa Dubois. And if I'm, you listen to our Patreon yes. uh, graphic novel bonuses, you'll know that he was the writer of the Tetris book that I loved, mm-hmm. and Andre the Giant too. That is very cool. He's on a Absolutely. lot of great stuff for Adventure Time too. And the the art and regular show is like a really by um, Lisa Dubois is like a really it it's very classic within that. Um, you know, traditional Rugrats style, but with a bit of a with a bit of an you know update, and it looks great. Yeah, it looks cool as hell. Who is your favorite Rugrats character? Chucky, obviously. Yeah, Chucky's the best. Obviously, everyone identifies with Chucky, right? Well, unless you identify with Angelica. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was gonna. I was expecting you to say Angelica. We're all. <laughs> Fuck you. A year a year ago, I reckon you would have said Angelica. <laughs> now you're just yeah, worried probably. about everything, so you're Chucky. Yeah, <laughs> my baby. <laughs> um, we get the first issue of the. Um, Black Hammer spin-off series, Sherlock Frankenstein and the ah, Legion of Evil great. by Jeff Lemire and um, David Rubin. Um, I also saw that David Rubin is the uh, the new artist on an image series that I almost dropped called Rumble. But now that knowing that he's on it, I'm very excited. Cool. That he's gonna, I'll, I'll definitely stick with it. That's very exciting. Um, we get the third issue of Spy Seal, which is yes! super exciting. That's actually some of the thing I'm most excited about out of everything. Spy Seal is the thing I'm most excited about in my life generally. Um, and um, for those of you that weren't collecting it single issue when we were raving about it as it came out, the trade paperback of Plastic the very weird and wonderful image series that um, it was a five-issue mini. Yep. Um, definitely pick that up. Um, Prepare we, to be icked out. Definitely. Oh, and also there's another new image series, the one by um, Steve Scross called Maestros. That's oh, been, we saw that a preview looks of it incredible. In, in Paper Girls. Yeah, it looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. And Hopefully it's it reads a, well too. It's gotten a big, um, <coughs> lots of support from Brian K. Warren. I, I generally trust his opinion yeah. about things. Steve Scross is his friend and collaborator though, so I don't know. Ah, right. There you I go. I don't know. Ah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thanks to our Patreons for helping this episode uh, become possible. Um, You can become a supporter of the show by heading to patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. And uh, you get a whole bunch of cool rewards and bonus episodes that you can get access to that other people can't. So you should definitely think about it. We've been getting a lot of signers up actually in the last few weeks. It's been really cool. Thanks, guys. It's really nice. Um, Again, our live episode, and we'll talk about it at length next week. 
hopefully we have some confirmation of guests as well. Mm-hmm. It's the 29th of November at Cake Wines. Um, you can get tickets at planetbcasting.com. Uh, you can find us online, facebook.com slash podcast, or join our group, which is uh, facebook.com slash group slash podcast. Also, if you uh, not love love Serious Issues, but also all the other podcasts on Planet Broadcasting, I started a Planet Broadcasting Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash Planet Broadcasting. And uh, uh, at the moment, someone is writing a, a comic about me and Nick Mason uh, fighting to the death. Oh, that's fun. Which is real fun. That's nice. There's a lot more than I expected out of a group. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of- the only... <laughs> This is yet another group for me to fall massively behind on. But someone was like, they were like, oh, when's our first night out as a group? Who do you think is the like the loosest planet broadcasting person? And someone was like, Siobhan. <laughs> and I was like, cheers. Thanks, That's clearly untrue. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, well, are that everything? Serious underscore underscore issues on Twitter. Kingscomics.com. For all your comic book needs. Yeah, if you want to buy any of the issues we talked about on the show today, head to 310 Pitt Street, Sydney. Yep. Um, and uh, you can follow us online at SiobhanCBG on Twitter and Instagram for Siobhan. And I am at LevDog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Nice. Thank you so much for listening and uh, I'll see you next week. See you guys. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.